This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Hello, everyone, from the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Talk about a gorgeous day. It is simply beautiful here in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. This is another one of the short tracks in the country that has history that goes all the way back to about 1947 when they ran here back in the old days. And the track was dirt. Junior Johnson kind of cut his eye teeth around here, not only in racing, but kind of probably getting interested in racing right here at this very speedway. Been an interesting week at this track. They have the unique two-day qualifying system here at North Wilkesboro in which the top eight run on Friday afternoon, and if you end up in that top eight, you must run again on Saturday afternoon, and the two-day average speed determines where you start in this race, and qualifying is always very interesting here. Well, it's a unique system, Barney, but didn't produce a lot of changes. There are only two cars that made significant moves within the top eight, but what that qualifying system does is it allows the drivers who aren't in that top eight the first day, they can concentrate on their race setup because they know they can't break into the top eight positions while everybody else has to spend most of Saturday worrying about do they have a chance to get the pole. So it kind of alters uh, the way the teams have to prepare for the race if they've got to try to qualify that second day and win the pole. It's been an interesting season thus far in the 1985 Winston Cup chase for the title. Of course, Bill Elliott is the hottest thing going right now. He hasn't been all that successful on the short tracks this year, but almost any day now, just about every one of the top teams feel like that they're going to find the combination that is working so well for them on a super speedway and apply it to a short track, and he will be literally hard to beat every place we go. Don't count him out here this afternoon, despite the fact that he qualified a little further back in the field than he would have liked to, but he's been running real well all year long. An outstanding crowd here. I've been coming to North Wilkesboro since probably about 1950, I guess. I saw my first race here, and I don't think there's a seat in the house. They'll sell every ticket here today. There's no question about that. The infield was almost packed this morning before 10 o'clock, and I think they're going to see one of the best races we've ever seen at North Wilkesboro. Mike Joy here with Richard Petty. Richard, last July 4th, you won the firecracker, your 200th win. The president was watching. What was the first thing you did when you got the checkered flag? Well, I just pulled over, saw a bunch of the goodies folks sitting there at trackside, and just asked them for a headache powder. No, you had a headache? Yeah, it was a real tough race, like all of them. Well, goodies headache powders have the most effective combination of pain relievers you can buy without a prescription. Just read the label. Yeah, goodies gets rid of all my driving headaches, and have for a lot of years. Racing here at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, there is hardly a cloud in the sky, and the temperature is expected to hit just about 90 degrees. We'll be right back to North Wilkesboro Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Well, the points battle has already turned into quite an interesting one for the Winston Cup title this year. It's worth $250,000 and less than, well, about 65 points separate the top five. Mike Joy, and that's close. Terry Labonte took the lead again. He leads coming into the race here today, but any one of those top eight spots could change when they leave here this afternoon. In fact, whoever's back in eighth position, I believe, would be Kyle Petty. He could have a good day here, and some of the front runners have problems. He could move almost to the front of the pack. Well, it's extremely close with uh, this being just the seventh race of the season, and some of the drivers who showed well in the first couple of races have filtered out of the top ten but still remain 
fairly close. Fellows like Bobby Hillen Jr., who had a good run at Daytona and followed it up at Rockingham. Lake Speed, who had a couple of good finishes early in the season, he's seventh in the points. And even down through, it's uh, surprising that a rookie driver should be in the top 15 even at this juncture, but that's where Ken Schrader sits in 14th spot. And the point standings have stayed extremely close here. Terry Labonte is the Winston Cup point leader, but only by 20 points over Jeff Bodine. This racetrack, as we said, goes way back to the, about 1947 or 48. It's kind of like Darlington, South Carolina. It's never changed that much over the years. The superficial things around here, the grandstands have changed. They've built some buildings, put in some new concrete pit walls and things like that, much the same as they've done at Darlington, South Carolina. But basically, the racetrack is just as tough as it ever was. To cover the action in the pits this afternoon, Ned Jarrett can fill us in a little bit on that. Ned, this racetrack is. I don't think there's a car sitting out here in the middle of the racetrack ready to go in all 30 teams that are really sure they have the right setup. It's just a gamble. Well, it is, Barney. And one thing that has happened, it's much hotter here than we normally see the races at North Wilkesboro. So when they look at their books in the past, and most of them do keep records of the chassis setups and the gearing and uh, the carburetor jets and all of those kind of things. But you come here and the temperature is about 30 to 40 degrees higher than it normally is when you run here. That changes the whole thing. Although the temperature was up on Friday and yesterday while they were trying to set their cars up, they're just not sure how they're going to react when they get out there in competition for 400 laps. So it's going to be an interesting afternoon. Well, the thing that has been so successful for Junior Johnson and his team is the fact that they can get a car and keep it consistent all day long, and a lot of times they'll set the car up for the racetrack to come to them, meaning they know the track is going to change. It'll either get slippery or it'll get tight or it'll get loose, kind of depending on the circumstances of the two days of practice. And if they hit it on the numbers, sometimes a car can just literally drive away from the field. I don't look for that today, but it can happen at Wilkesboro. Oh, and it makes an interesting race for the fans because the driver who gets out and establishes an immediate dominance of the racetrack is not necessarily the driver who will run well at 100 or 200 or even 300 laps. And you could have as many, we've seen I think as many as four different drivers, actually get out and run away from the field. And then as the track changes and their car setup changes, uh, just go completely the other way. Mike, I think the two will see a real test of the new tire rule that NASCAR instituted this year. That is that if they change more than two tires during any caution period, they would lose two laps. In the past, they've been able to come in and bolt four new tires on, and that really makes the car feel a whole lot better, especially on a short track, and especially on a short track on a hot afternoon. So I think that we'll see a real test of that tire rule here today uh, as far as how they have their chassis set up. Will they work with two good tires, say, on one side and, and used heated-up tires on the other side? We had speculated at Richmond when the tire rule first went into effect is would the teams take on just two during caution? Would they take the penalty or would they go and try to put on four tires under green using up valuable racetrack time but getting a good new set of tires on the race car? And perhaps we may see the, all that strategy finally come into play today. It's going to be a hot one here at North Wilkesboro. And Richard Petty probably described this racetrack as best anyone can. Aggravating racetrack. Uh, and it is tough from that standpoint because you set your car up uh, you know, a couple of days that you have to practice and stuff, and then when the race starts, the track gets slick, and uh, everybody's not running where they wanted to be running, and cars run sideways off the corner, and it's really tough to sort of anticipate what's going on. If you set your car up when the track is green, more or less, and, and then when it changes, you've got to change with it. You've got to, you've got to sort of figure how slick it's going to get and try to fit, hit some kind of combination to, to make it work during the race. So uh, it, it's just to be aggravating from that standpoint. It is indeed an aggravating racetrack unless you find it just exactly to your liking all day long and come up with the right setup. The crowd continues to pour in despite the fact that we're just minutes away from getting the Northwestern Bank 400 underway here this afternoon to cover the action for us up in the north end of the speedway. 
will be Eli Gold. Let's go over there right now. Barney, the one other element of this racetrack that we haven't yet mentioned is that going into turn number one, opposite from where we are, you're going downhill into the corner, and you go uphill on the back straightaway, coming towards us here in turn number three. Consequently, turns three and four could be a bit easier to get through because you don't lose that sense of speed that sometimes you can get carried away going into turn number one. So it's a difficult racetrack. We'll be updating the story from atop the Holly Farm scoreboard here between turns three and four. Mike Joy here talking with Richard Petty. Richard, I'm from up yeah. north, and I'd never heard of Goody's Headache Powders until I came south to cover NASCAR racing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably never heard tell of fried okra either. Well, you can keep that, but I'm sold on headache powders. For the folks that have down towards the front, uh, anybody in particular, well, really uh, I'll get a word with I Kyle. Feel since he's uh, qualified the best in his career. Yeah, deal, it's okay. And it says on the label they have the most effective combination of pain relievers you can buy without a prescription. That's right. Goodies gets rid of all my driving headaches and have for a lot of years. Let's go down to the starting grid as the drivers are strapping into their cars and are just about set to fire the engines. Ned Jarrett is at the front of the field. Well, we're standing by with Kyle Petty, who drives the Wood Brothers 711 Ford. His best qualifying effort ever in his career. I think he had a sixth-place qualifying effort once before, but here in fourth position today, he was second-fastest on the first day of qualifying, and right up there in the thick of it, he's getting his uh, safety paraphernalia buckled up here right now. Kyle, can you hear me? How, do you, how does it look? Pretty good right now. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it just depends on how hot the racetrack gets and how slick it gets and how good the car drives all day. We drove a uh, car run real good up here all week long in practice and stuff and in qualifying, and we've been able to run consistent laps, and that's probably what it's going to take today. You have to think back a year ago. You had one of your best runs ever right here in the Northwestern Bank 400, finished in fifth place, but ran with the leaders all day. Yeah, really, the car drove super good that day, and uh, really, I think that's, we've always run pretty good up here, and, and the car seemed to come in that day and work better and better, and if we can get in that same position this uh, this year up here, I feel like we'll have a shot at winning. Well, a lot of eyes will be on Kyle Petty here this afternoon. You know, Barney, a lot of the suntan companies, suntan preparation companies down in Daytona Beach would sponsor cars, the Daytona 500 and Firecracker 400, and... You know, because that's people go lay on the beach and they get sunburned. Some of those companies ought to be up here today because they could certainly do some business. Race fans amaze you. They'll sit right out there and they'll come out when the weather gets really warm, like it has here in North Carolina in the last week. And they'll do it anywhere, whether it's Florida, whether it's North Carolina, or Virginia, or Michigan, or wherever we go. You'll see the folks come out that are not used to the sun, and they'll sit right there and they'll poke themselves and watch them get redder and redder all day, and they'll still go ahead and get a sunburn, but they'll do it every time. I guess that's just typical in any sporting event, whether they're following the golf tour or the stock car. There are going to be some burns out there today. Yesterday, a good day for racing here. Again, it was 90 degrees, cloudless skies, and the NASCAR Modifieds made their first appearance on Grand National Weekend in some time here at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Winston-Salem driver Billy Kimmel in a Cavalier took over the lead with just about 20 laps to go from Satch Worley and drove on to victory. Bobby Hutchins got on the outside of Worley and went past to take the second spot, while Satch from Rocky Mount, Virginia, finished up third. Gerald Compton was fourth. Don Miller was fifth. Bob Jeffries, Al Hill, Melvin Swisher, Johnny Johnson, and Gary Myers. Rounded out the top ten, Billy Middleton was the pole sitter. Last night was the Bush 200, Bush Late Model Sportsman Series race, and Goody's 300 Daytona Invitational race. Jimmy Hensley was the winner down at South Boston, Virginia. Jack Ingram finished up in the second spot, and Tommy Houston was third. Friday, April 19th, marked the opening of the new format of the Winston Racing Series for NASCAR short tracks around the country. Uh, the new series, designed to prevent point chasers, if you will, from having to travel all over the region three and four nights a week uh, to gain points in big races and local weekly events. The new system 
says that only the regular distance, regular season events will count, and only from April 19th until mid-September. More than 50 weekly racetracks across the country participate in the series, and more than 300,000 point and point fund money will be available to the weekend warriors who race at NASCAR sanctioned racetracks. So that all got kicked off Friday night. Well, their drivers are in their cars. It won't be too long before they'll fire them up. And we'll be back at the North Wilkesboro Speedway to take a look at the starting lineup and get this one underway for you in just a, about a minute. NASCAR Today has been sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. This is our house, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's packed full of classic and present-day cars, including Petties, Earnhardts, and Waltrips, as well as interactive experiences, realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. The Motor Racing Network presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Northwestern Bank 400. Lake this Mike Joy up at the tower. We're trying to test out this in-car radio. Sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the Mountains of Bush by STP Corporation. Depend on proven performance. STP, your car care company. By Piedmont Airlines, the up-and-coming airline. By Skoll, moist, smokeless tobacco. A bench is all it takes. By Pontiac. At Pontiac, we build excitement. By Wrangler brand, live it to the limit in Wrangler. By Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco. Time after time, the quality comes through. By Timex Watches, the official timekeeper of NASCAR. By Union Oil Company, the winning spirit rides with you every time. And by Ocean's 11 Resorts on beautiful Daytona Beach. We are at the North Wilkesboro Speedway for the seventh race of the 1985 Winston Cup season here this afternoon. Absolute perfect weather. A record crowd, no doubt, will be on hand here this afternoon looking around the racetrack, and it's not too far away before they'll give the command to fire engines. Ned Jarrett is still trackside, and he should be in the vicinity of Bobby Allison's car, who will be starting back in that second row. Barney, there are a lot of uh, hungry drivers, hungry for victory yet on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit. Darrell Waltrip hasn't won. Terry Labonte hasn't won. Of course, Kyle Petty has never won. And Bobby Allison hasn't won since the World 600 last year at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But he's been in position to win a lot of races. Bobby, how does it look to you here today? Well, okay, Ned. Uh, the car run good all week in practice, and uh, we were able to keep it stuck pretty good yesterday when it got real hot. So we're hoping that uh, 
we've got everything worked out for today. You did run awfully well here last year, and I commented at the top of the broadcast that maybe things would be different because of the difference in the heat here. Did you find that you had to set it up a little bit differently? Well, we did have to set the car up differently for the hot weather. Uh, that usually is a factor, and it's uh, usually something that uh, does require a lot of adjusting to. Well, now, it looks to me like you got a new steering wheel on that thing today. At Bristol, it come off in your hands out there. I'm sure that's been uh, approached. Well, Ned, uh, you know, that was probably one of the biggest setbacks that we've had uh, at Bristol when, uh, you know, when we did have that thing break. Uh, we thought we were using the thought we were using the best equipment available, and uh, it wasn't good enough. So we've gone to a different style steering wheel, which uh, we know is plenty strong. Okay, good luck out there today. We pause 10 seconds on the Motor Racing Network for station identification. Let's take a look at the starting lineup for today's Northwestern Bank 400. 30 drivers set to go here this afternoon, and starting back in 30th position, driver Dick May from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Bayer Racing Buick. Starting 29th, Ed Sanger from Waterloo, Iowa, in the Helen Ray Special Chevrolet. Starting 28th, Brent Elliott from Denton, North Carolina, in the Elliott Auto Parts Racing Buick. 27th starter, Bobby Gerhardt from Lebanon, Pennsylvania, in the Frederick Chevrolet. 26th, rookie driver Don Hume out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's in the Cleaner Hands Formula Chevrolet. 25th, Eddie Beerswale of San Antonio, Texas, starts the U.S. Racing Chevrolet. 24th starter, Buddy Arrington, Martinsville, Virginia, makes his second start in the Venton Motors Ford here today. Starting 23rd, Jimmy Means out of Huntsville, Alabama, in the Broadway Motors Pontiac. Jimmy hit the wall here in practice the other day, but they've repaired the damage. He hopes for a good finish. 22nd on the field is J.D. McDuffie out of Sanford, North Carolina in the Rumpel Furniture Pontiac. Starting 21st, another rookie driver, Ken Schrader of Benton, Missouri in the Ultra Seal Ford. 20th is Clark Dwyer of Colorado Springs in the Sunny King Ford of Elmo Langley. 19th, Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas, the Stavola Brothers Trap Rock Industries Chevrolet. 18th, Tim Richmond from Ashland, Ohio in the Raymond Beetle Old Milwaukee Pontiac. 17th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Transmissions Unlimited uh, automobile. That's an Oldsmobile. Starting 16th, Phil Parsons of Denver, North Carolina in the Skull Bandit Chevrolet and his Skull teammate Harry Gant is right alongside. Harry's from Taylorsville in the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. He'll start 15th. 14th in the Nationwide Auto Parts Pontiac is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi. 13th, Chesapeake, Virginia's Ricky Rudd in the Budmore Motorcraft Board. Starting 12th from Charlotte, Buddy Baker in the Liquid Wrench Bullfrog Nitz Oldsmobile. And starting 11th, Richard Petty of Randall, North Carolina in the STP Pontiac. 10th position, Bill Elliott, Dawsonville, Georgia in the Coors Ford. Starting 9th is Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York in the Levi Garrett Racing Chevrolet. The 8th position is Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina in the Wrangler Jean Chevrolet. Now here's another driver who's just been getting stronger and stronger, not only on the super speedways, already with two short track victories under his belt. Earnhardt will be a factor to be reckoned with here today. Seventh spot, Rusty Wallace, St. Louis, Missouri, and the Alugard Pontiac. And starting sixth is Ron Bouchard of Fitchburg, Massachusetts, in the Valvoline Buick. And starting fifth, Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, in the Budweiser Chevrolet. Going fourth, his best qualifying run ever, as Ned pointed out, that's Kyle Petty out of Randleman, North Carolina, in the Wood Brothers car, the 7-11-4. Third, we just heard from Bobby Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, in the Dygard Racing Miller American Buick. And the front row, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet, Billy Hagen is on the outside pole, 111.524 miles per hour. And the pole winner, no surprise. He's won nine poles at this racetrack, including the pole position for six of the last eight races. Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, in the Junior Johnson prepared Budweiser Chevrolet at 111.899 miles per hour.
We are under green in the Northwestern Bank 400 as the green flag comes out of the dive into turn number one door to door. Terry Labonte hangs right in there with Darrell Waltrip and they race side by side off turn two and up the back stretch. Labonte trying to make the move to the outside at the same while Kyle Petty will try and follow through and he'll grab third away from Bobby Allison. Labonte settles into second behind Waltrip. Darrell Waltrip's number 11 will be the first one up on the Winston Cup leaderboard. Up at turn number three, Labonte falls in order in second. Kyle Petty is third. It's Bouchard and Allison for fourth. And with Allison occupying the inside groove, Ron Bouchard trying to work to the outside of him. Basically the same ploy that Kyle Petty used before. It worked for Petty, it worked for Bouchard, and now Earnhardt tries to make a challenge as well. Earnhardt has been trying to move up, but he's been trying to do it in the outside groove, and he picks off a position or two as the field single file now from fourth spot on up works back into turn number two with Waltrip in front, Labonte riding second, Kyle Petty is third. Ron Bouchard holding down the fourth spot, Bobby Allison tries to battle, Earnhardt has, has the fifth spot, does Allison. Sixth is Neil Bonnet working inside of Earnhardt, then come Elliott and Wallace. That'll kick Earnhardt back to seventh, Rusty Wallace is eighth, Bill Elliott's ninth, Jeff Bodine is tenth, eleventh is Richard Petty, twelfth is Ricky Rudd, thirteenth will be Harry Gant, fourteenth Lake Speed, and fifteenth, Tim Richmond, 16th will be Buddy Baker, 17th Phil Parsons, 18th is Dave Marcus, 19th Bobby Hillen, and Ken Schrader rounds out the top 20. Back in the front straightaway as they complete another lap, Dale Earnhardt again back in that outside groove. Bill Elliott's been caught out there, and there was no way to tuck back in. A couple of times he had tried to squeeze back in there underneath Rusty Wallace, and nobody's giving him anything, and he is still in that outside lane as they work the back stretch. And as they come into turn number three, Rusty Wallace trying to muscle his way through to the inside of Bodine. Jeffrey still hung to the outside, and he can't get back in. Waltrip is leading, but he's not getting away. Terry Labonte is sitting just about half a car length behind him as they drift down into turn number one and slide up the racetrack just a bit. Right now off the back straightaway, still single file among the front ten. The only cars out of line at the moment, Richard Petty, who has company to his outside. That's Ricky Rudd. Rudd coming off the outside spot, tries to take a position, but Rudd can't stay low on the track. Ricky Rudd last year felt like this track owed him one. Of course, they lost it here in the final pit stop, and he had run out, just about outrun everyone all day long, and they certainly feel like they're due today. Look for them to run well. Ned, I think there's probably eight or nine cars. The days of Darrell Waltrip and Junior Johnson's teams out of Ingle Hollow, North Carolina, dominating the short tracks is certainly a thing of the past. More and more teams, Barney, are putting more emphasis on the short tracks because the Winston Cup points are the same on a short track or a super speedway. Ned, trouble on Bill Elliott's car. A lot of smoke out of the back end of the Coors Melling Ford as he came off turn number four, and the car got real loose on him. Could have been a tire going down. Might be that left rear as he heads up toward Eli Gold. He did a great piece of driving, Elliott did. He comes by us now, and he's seen Seemingly is on pace. He and Richard Petty have a pretty good battle, but Elliott now back to speed. I believe the car just got out of shape coming off that corner. He couldn't cut it back in because there was traffic all the way around him, but there may be a mechanical problem on it too, but I think he was just out of shape. It's cost him several positions. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, we were saying that there are so many of the teams that are putting more emphasis on the short track racing today. The money is getting much better on the short tracks than ever before, and as we say, those Winston Cup points are the same, and a win is a win, and the win column when it's all totaled up at the end of the year. So, yes, there are at least a half a dozen other teams now that you have to be contended with at every race. It's going to be a hot and slick racetrack here this afternoon before it's all over. Already we're seeing some cars having problems getting through both ends of the speedway. Darrell Waltrip is the leader. Labonte rides second. Kyle Petty right up there in third. Ron Bouchard is fourth. The battle is for fifth spot door to door off the number two corner. That's the Hueytown hustle again with Bobby Allison working inside of Neil Bonnet. Bonnet going uphill in a turn three, grabs fifth, Allison is sixth, Earnhardt seventh, Bodine is eighth, and Rusty Wallace ninth, and Ricky Rudd tenth. Back behind them, about 15th position, the 
three Pontiacs putting on quite a battle. Tim Richmond, Lake Speed, and Richard Petty. Buddy Baker gets right up in the middle of it, trying to take away a spot from Petty down in turn number one. Looks like he may make the pass in the backstretch. Richard Petty using the high side, but Buddy Baker has the low side occupied, and Petty, for the moment, has to settle in behind Buddy Baker, but coming up into turn three, Richard will again try the outside groove, and now Phil Parsons will come to lower inside. Already Darrell Walker is lapping the tail end of the field as he catches Eddie Sanger going into turns one and two and moves around him along with Terry Labonte. Still in that third spot, Kyle Petty is hanging right in there this afternoon and as many times we've come to North Wilkesboro and by this juncture of the race, Darrell Walter has already put a straightaway on the field. Not the case this afternoon as the field is pretty tightly bunched again. They're working back into turn number two as Neil Bonnet gets down under Bobby Allison. And how true it was, Barney, when he said a few laps ago that already the cars are getting a good bit squirrely through the corners. We're seeing far more cars trying to hang tight the rear ends of these automobiles, really trying to break loose between three and four. Here's Jeff Bodine up underneath Dale Earnhardt only for a moment the front straightaway as the cars of Brent Elliott, Ed Sanger, and Dick May, who started the Dick Bear Racing Buick. They've all gone a lap down as the leader heads for three. It's Waltrip still leading. Labonte is second, third, Kyle Petty, Bouchard is fourth. Fifth is Bonnet with Allison sixth. They have pulled away by some six car lanes from the seventh place battle back. Another car that's on the move is Harry Gant in the Skull Bandy car. He started in the 15th position, but he's moving up through the field, picking them off as he comes to him. Harry Gant has never run that well here at North Wilkesboro. He likes this racetrack, but he said it's just never been one of his better racetracks. Oh, it sure had, and uh, we hadn't ever really, we've run second a couple times, but we've never really run out that well here. Uh, you know, I think I've run like 10 or 12 races here at Grand Nationals all I've run, which is really about the same amount that uh, maybe Earnhardt has run. You know, I think Terry's probably run, he run earlier before I did. And, of course, all the other cars has run, you know, 25, 30 races here. We're under caution at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Trouble up in turns three and four in front of Eli Gold. Eddie Beerswale of San Antonio, Texas, came off turn number four. The car got sideways. It impacted that big tire that they have protecting the head end of the wall that separates the racetrack from pit road. Now Beerswale's car, after bouncing off that tire, comes to a broadside stop blocking a good bit of the entrance to the pit area. Though Dale Earnhardt just managed to get on a pit road without any problem, but that tire there at the head end of the wall did exactly the job it was placed there to do. Car hit the end of that wall with the right flush with the right side, just T-boned it, and it bounced the car up in the air, spun it around so that it's now facing the new scoring stand up in turn number four. Now the track crew is going to the aid of driver Eddie Beerswale and we're under caution for the first time here at North Wilkesboro Speedway. From North Wilkesboro, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Eddie Beerswell has climbed out of his car. He is okay. Ned Gerald will be up there in a moment. We're, we're there now, Mike Joy. The right rear, that uh, is his problem. The reason you're crawled out, the rest of the car didn't look that bad, but the right rear apparently hit that big tire, and it has bent the rear axle housing. Eddie, first of all, you seem to be okay. Oh, yes, sir. I just tore the car up a little bit. I got a little loose coming off the turn trying to get out of the car out there. And just got a little, little loose. Crash getting slick. We were handling pretty good. We, you know, I was going to ask... Yeah, they can put a little wedge in the car a little later, but everything was working all right. I'm just trying to buy my time, but I thought I'd get by that car, and I get a little low on the track. Okay, he has a smile on his face as he says that. A uh, real nice young fella, a champion spark rookie contender this year. Next week, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series moves to Martinsville Speedway for the Sovereign Bank 500. It's a full week of NASCAR action with Bush Pole qualifying Thursday. More qualifying Friday, and then on Saturday, the open-wheel NASCAR Modifieds take on the tough half mile of Martinsville, Virginia. 
Sunday at 12.15 Eastern Daylight Time. Motor Racing Network will bring you all the excitement of the Sovereign Bank 500. Two weeks from today, we're off to the world's fastest speedway at Talladega, Alabama, and the Winston 500. It's a big weekend doubleheader with the ARCA Talladega Supercar Series in action on Saturday. The NASCAR Winston Cup cars taking over the world's fastest speedway on Sunday, May the 5th on Motor Racing Network. Also in May, we'll bring you the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway, Dover, Delaware, Sunday, May 19th. And the day before, the NASCAR Bush Late Model Sportsman Series, they'll compete there in the Budweiser 200. MRN will take a week off while the Winston Cup cars go to Charlotte for the World 600, and then in June, we'll bring you the Budweiser 400 at Riverside, California, June 2nd. The Vanskoy Diamond Mine 500 at Pocono, Pennsylvania on the 9th, and the Miller High Life 400 at Michigan International Speedway on June 16th. So check with your Motor Racing Network station in your area for the broadcast times and make sure they're carrying those broadcasts, and also check to see that they're carrying... NASCAR Live on Tuesday nights here on MRN. All those speedways, by the way, have their ticket offices open today, so you can call up and reserve your seats for the next Winston Cup race that you plan to visit. Well, none of the front runners except Dale Earnhardt elected to pit during this caution flag here that came out just a moment ago. However, quite a few of the cars that are running toward the tail end of the pack came onto pit road, including Jimmy Means. Buddy Baker also pitted his car just a moment ago, as did Bobby Gerhardt. Dick May was on pit road, and so was Don Hume and J.D. McDuffie. Barney Dale Earnhardt's car had begun to work up the racetrack. It was running a much higher line in the turns than any of the other top ten runners, so perhaps uh, he had crew chief Kirk Shelmerdine, a car and a Richard Childress pitting way down toward uh, the end of pit road in turn number one. Figured they needed to make a chassis change and adjustment, get Earnhardt back on the racetrack rather than leave him out there and have him perhaps backslide further. So though he was the only one of the leaders to pit, we'll see if that strategy pays off. They're still cleaning up on the entrance to pit road a moment ago where the accident happened. So it'll be a lap or so before we go back to green as Kyle Petty, who made an outstanding run here last year. We talked about it and the fans did for weeks about how well he ran here at North Wilkesboro. And what a lot of folks I think don't know is that the Ford that they're running out of the Wood Brothers shops is the Ford that Kyle Petty built in his shop last year. And the Wood Brothers have fine-tuned it a little bit and he talked about that. We brought the car up there when I went up there and uh, Mike and myself had, had worked real hard on it last year. We got it to drive pretty good on a lot of short tracks. We never really run that good but the co old car felt like it drove real good a lot of times and you know uh, bringing it up there and having Leonard and Tommy Turner putting their motor in it that just picked it right up and you know so far on the short tracks we, we were running real good at Richmond running real good even though I was sick at Bristol we ended up finishing sixth and had a good day and run super good up there so uh, you know the short tracks I, we feel like we've got a short track program worked out pretty good where we can be competitive there. He's looked awful good here at North Wilkesboro this week they're set to go back to green this time around. A couple of those lap cars will be up toward the front of the field if they so choose on the inside. Three of them had been lapped while we were under the green flag before this first caution came out uh, right around the 20-lap mark. Waltrip's the leader. Labonte is second. Kyle Petty is third. Ron Bouchard, who's had some good runs at the uh, banked short tracks like here in Bristol, he is in the fourth spot. Fifth is Neil Bonnet. Sixth is Bobby Allison. And there's a problem for Neil Bonnet, Mike, as this car has come to a virtual halt on the back stretch, heading towards turn number three as the field rumbles past us now in the corner. And the field does not come up to full song yet as the pace car gets behind the pit wall. Bonnet is still limping down on the apron of the racetrack. He may get to the pits before the leaders get back. He is still moving as they go back under green. Waltrip takes him down into one and two. Labonte latches onto him as Neil Bonnet's still on the apron of the track up. And now he's up to speed again as he comes out of the corner. Let's go to Eli Gold. Neil was midway down the back straightaway. All of a sudden, the car just seemed to lose speed. He pulled to the inside as everybody got by him. This time past us at full song. The leader is Waltrip. 
front eight are single file, then Tim Richmond battles Rusty Wallace side by side. Lake Speed and Bill Elliott go after a spot down in turns one and two. Neil Bonnet further back is sandwiched in between some slower cars. Right now, that battle Mike was talking of, Tim Richmond working to the inside. He'll grab a spot from Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd trying to follow through on the inside groove. And Bill Elliott also trying to make up some ground and get back toward the front of the pack after he's kind of skittered off turn four early going this afternoon. Report on Neil Bonnet's car as he suffered vapor lock as he went around there under the caution. Extreme heat today contributing to that and then finally did get the car up to speed after the restart flag had fallen. Ned Jarrett will be making his way down to the pits of Tim Brewer, um, uh, his crew chief in a minute, and perhaps we'll get the story there. Barney, let's do check in. Tim, what was his problem on that restart? Hey, well, I think the thing's vapor locked on him right now, Ned. It's, you know, heated up pretty good under that caution, about 215 or 220. Now it's hard to keep the motor going up. Okay, so Mike Joyce, the report was correct. Leader back out of turn number four as he works across the start-finish line as Waltrip two car lakes back is still Terry Labonte. Hanging on to third is Kyle Petty, and Waltrip has not been able to shake anybody thus far. Bouchard still is fourth. Fifth position is Bobby Allison in sixth right now is Jeff Bodine. They're back in three. Harry Gant is tacked on. He's going in seventh. Then some six car lanes back to eighth spot. Tim Richmond. Ninth is Ricky Rudd. Rusty Wallace is tenth. Eleventh, Lake Speed. Twelfth place, Richard Petty and Bill Elliott, thirteenth. In fourteenth is Phil Parsons. Fifteenth is Bobby Hill and sixteenth Dave Marcus. Earnhardt after his pit stop is 17th. 18th is Kenny Schrader. In 19th is Buddy Baker. 20th is Clark Dwyer. 21st is Jimmy Means. And Neil Bonnet is back up to speed, but he's running back in 22nd position. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts separation from Darrell Walter back to the 10th place car. Rusty Wallace is about five and a half seconds. That'll give you an idea that the field is staying pretty well locked up here and nobody's made a runaway of this race as can happen at this particular racetrack. Here's the leader, Waltrip. About 10 car lengths behind now is Labonte. Kyle Petty hangs right in there in third spot. Still Bobby Allison. Fourth, fifth is Bouchard. 
Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Harry Gant. Eighth is Tim Richmond. Ninth is Ricky Rudd. And tenth is Rusty Wallace. They're back in three. Maybe it's a little early for this comment, but Kyle Petty doing something here at Wilkesboro as he did at Richmond a number of weeks ago. So very consistent. He is running that same line, lap after lap. Other drivers, even while they're not having to contend with traffic, are even at this point checking different ways to get through the corner. Kyle Petty so very consistent. He's coming towards us uphill into the back straightaway into turn three. Waltrip the leader. Labonte second. Kyle Petty is third. Bobby Allenson closing in fourth. Race action's a bit further back. In 11th spot is Lake Speed, and Richard Petty has moved under Bill Elliott to take over 12th. That marks Elliott 13th, and Dale Earnhardt has climbed up to the 14th position, and those four cars will be scuffling for position in a matter of a lap or two. In the backstretch, here goes Bodine under Bouchard. Trying to make the move for the inside. Bodine has the spot covered, and he'll just outdive Bouchard into turn number three. Harry Gant right there, tightening it up, a three-car battle. Bodine is another team that has really put a ton of effort into getting a short track effort that would really work for them, and it paid off last year with two victories at Martinsville and up at Nashville, Tennessee. He's looking good here this afternoon in the early going. Waltrip has pulled away from Terry Labonte now by about a second and a half as they work out of turn number four, and Darrell has practically a clear sailing in the racetrack. Buddy Arrington is the only car directly ahead that's even close. That battle for 13th comes off turn four, and it is Earnhardt underneath the Bill Elliott Ford. Earnhardt, who made the pit stop under caution, the only one of the leaders to do so, is now carving his way back up toward the top ten. And Elliott, though, hangs right with him off, too. Bill using that high groove, but it's Earnhardt who now takes 13th off the low side of the racetrack. Just two car lanes ahead of him, the battle for 11th and 12th, Lake Speed and Richard Petty. And Tim Richmond is also in a tussle of war there, so to speak, with Ricky Rudd last time around for track position as they came out of turn four. So the fans here at North Wilkesboro this afternoon really having a hard time to decide which battle they want to watch on the racetrack. Leader about to catch some traffic now, Darrell Waltrip, is really running at the bottom of the speedway coming out of turns three and four. And that's something we were watching for earlier here today, Ned, is to see how able, how they are able to keep the car down at the bottom of the racetrack here. And usually when you see a car drift up even a half a lane, you know the racetrack is beginning to change. Yes, Barney, and I think that Walter would like to see it stay so he can run on the bottom of the racetrack. That's the way that he sets his race car up. That's the way he likes to drive is stay right down on the bottom of the racetrack. But I think practically everyone was expecting the groove to move up as the afternoon goes on, and that could work to others' advantage. Drivers like Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty and them that really likes to run high, that could work to their advantage. It'll be interesting to see if it does move up, but I predict that it will as time goes by. Speaking of those two, Earnhardt's alongside Petty for 12th spot. And with Richard Petty holding the inside, Earnhardt just comes off the high side and out dives him into the corner. So as Earnhardt takes a spot, Petty now has to contend with Bill Elliott. Walter pulls up alongside Buddy Arrington to put the Martinsville, Virginia driver one lap down. We reported to you last week, if you were with us, that Arrington has changed horses. He has left Dodge and gone to the Ford Thunderbird automobile, and I asked him if he'd gotten many comments on the change which started last week. I guess it's about like it was when Richard switched from, from, uh, from Chrysler to General Motors. Uh, everybody said, oh, it's really going to hurt him, going to uh, hurt his fan club and this, that, and the other. But, you know, I've got a lot of letters since I made the switch and since I announced the switch, and, and everybody says, well, they hated to see me leave, leave Chrysler, but uh, whatever I had to do, I had to do it, and said they still would be a race fan. So, I hadn't got any, I, I figured I'd get some nasty letters about it, but I hadn't got any yet, but I will, you know, it's, you're bound to get one or two, so, uh, it's right now, I'm glad I switched, and I, I think I'm ahead of the program, and we're going to get a lot better. 
He says he's sold all of his Chrysler equipment, Bart, except for one race car. Good battle been going on for 11th spot. Dale Earnhardt ends that tussle with Lake Speed and moves into the 11th position as they work up to Eli Gold. And while Earnhardt has gotten around race traffic, Bobby Allison and Earnhardt both seemingly the fastest cars with Waltrip on the racetrack. Allison's gotten by Kyle Petty and now sets his sights on the second place runner, Terry Levante. They're working towards us in turn three. And Allison now around Buddy Arrington is just four car lanes behind Levante. Just about everyone in the field in the top 20, the car not working that bad here this afternoon. A couple of them before a moment ago we had that trouble out of turn four. Tim Richmond's car turns around, just misses the head end of the pit wall that Eddie Bierschwall slammed into earlier. And Richmond's old Milwaukee Pontiac now rolls down the banking. Spins it around and he will rejoin the field and stay on the lead lap. But Richmond, who was posted in the top 10, will fall back in the field as we're just past 50 laps and in the second caution of the day. Let's go to Ned Jarrett on pit road. Well, Darrell Waltrip was the first in, got his service first, right side tires and a tank of fuel, but he was one of the last ones to get out. He was a victim of his stable mate. Neil Bonney came in for a pit stop just as Darrell was trying to go out. Had Darrell hemmed in, he couldn't go anywhere for a moment until they got things sort of cleared away. So he's going to find himself way back in the pack. Here's Bonney coming back in. He just took on gas there a minute ago. They're going to change the right side. Terry Labonte, Ricky Rudd, practically everybody has been in four right side tires during this caution period. There's trouble on Buddy Baker's car as he comes around for the second time. Eli Gold noticed it a lap ago as we first went under caution. He was slowing considerably on the back straightaway, Mike, well earlier than he would have even making a pit stop under caution. It was obvious the car was laboring, and as he came through and around, he's continued to circulate around at a good bit of... Uh, He's well off the pace, you should say, and I know he's going to be checking in the pit road here in a moment. Eli, I believe that he has run completely out of brakes, or at least that was the indication of the crew members. They came up pit road to, to try to get him, and as he went into his pits, they were uh, sort of wooing the car as he got down to his end. We'll go racing in about a lap or so here from the North Wilkesboro Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're back under green at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, and Bobby Allison has just taken the lead away from Kenny Schrader over in turn three. Schrader trying to hang on to second, can't, as Kyle Petty takes it away on the inside groove. Labonte comes by also, he's now in third. Kenny Schrader gets a good lesson, Mike Joy, about the fact that if you can't stay at the bottom of the racetrack, if they can get underneath you, you're going backwards. That lesson's going to cost him now three and perhaps four spots as Bodine is underneath him in the backstretch. So Bodine making a bid for fourth spot. He'll take it going uphill into turn number three. So Schrader settles back in fifth. The leader is Allison. Kyle Petty second. Labonte third. There's still problems on Buddy Baker's Osmobile. He's in the pits with the left side jacked up to have the hood up. We were told that he had problems getting the car fired this morning, that he had an ignition problem, so apparently that has come back to haunting. Buddy Baker is totally frustrated at this juncture of the race. He's just hoping to get things turned around for his new racing team. They've had some pretty good luck, but they've had a lot of bad luck also. The leader is now Bobby Allison. Allison was so tough in 1984 at Bristol, Tennessee, and here at North Wilkesboro, and a lot of the short tracks only to have some rear end problems put him out of contention to win a couple of times. This year, he wants to turn his short track program around. He's been running very strong all week long here. A lot of folks felt like he might be the sleeper in the field as he leads Kyle Petty off turn number four. Terry Labonte is zipped right back there in the number three position. Jeff Bodine rides fourth. Ricky Rudd is up to fifth position. Harry Gant is sixth. Kenny Schrader is now falling back to seventh as Darrell Walters about to move around him. Give Schrader a call, the young driver from Fenton, Missouri, who last year ran as many as 90 races in open-wheel cars. The adjustment has not been an easy one for him, but it's got to be good for he and Junie Donlevy to lead a couple of laps here in North Wilkesboro and get some experience out at the front of the field. Schrader talked about his adjustment to Winston Cup racing. Well, it's, it's quite a bit different with, with the schedule, only uh, 
practices and that, but with the practice days and everything, we still get to spend as much, if not more, time actually in the race car. And uh, as, as far as winning, you know, I, I mean, I understand we're not going to have the success that we've had the last couple years where we're used to, but, uh, you know, if we can keep plugging this thing out and keep working up towards it, if a couple years down the road we can have some success, it'd sure be worthwhile. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments, experience realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Separation again from first back to 12th now. It's about four and a half seconds as good battles are going on over the speedway. Harry Gant and Darrell Waltrip having a tussle in turn three. And Waltrip using the inside groove grabs that position away from Harry Gant. At the same time, Earnhardt gets by Schrader, and now it's Bouchard to try and challenge him. That's sixth for Waltrip, seventh for Gant, eighth for Earnhardt, and Bouchard will try to take the ninth spot away from Ken Schrader, doing it the hard way on the outside on a turn two. They come off the corner, and Bouchard trying to follow him through is Bill Elliott. They each take the outside groove around Schrader, Bouchard and he, Schrader that is, side by side between three and four. That's the way they come off turn number four and run down the straightaway. Now Bouchard pulls him by half a car length and he'll get the spot and kind of solidify it as they hit turn number one. Now moving around on Ken Schrader, here comes Bill Elliott up through the field in that Coors Thunderbird. They're in the backstretch. So Bill beginning to claw his way back towards the point. In front of them, Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant battling for position as Gant tries the inside of Waltrip. So Elliott will take over the 10th spot and drop Schrader to 11th. Richard Petty will be 12th. Neil Bonnet is 13th. 14th is Lake Speed. 15th is Tim Richmond. And 16th side-by-side are Phil Parsons and Rusty Wallace. As they come off the back straightaway now, one battle we were watching is Levante. He has tried a couple of times to get beneath Kyle Petty. Can't quite do it, though. Yeah, they learn an awful lot on that first round of pit stops here. Even though it came under caution a moment ago, it couldn't have come at a better time. But they can get 30 or 40 laps on the tires. They can get an idea of exactly what's going on on the racetrack, maybe what kind of changes they can anticipate making the next pit stop. And that first one usually is very critical for them here at Wilkesboro. Yes, it is, Barney. They can, uh, of course, uh, gauge the fuel mileage as well as how the tires are wearing. Check the temperature on those tires. We're standing by with Buddy Baker, who's out in the making making Oldsmobile. He's talking to his car owner, Danny Schiff. Buddy, what is the problem? Uh, Ned, something happened to the braking system on the first lap. Uh, I don't know whether the rod going into the uh, master cylinder or what, but it had the brakes on even down the straightaway. And I'd back off it just like I was standing up on the brakes. And it finally caught uh, the underneath of the car on fire, so we just parked it. Well, sorry to see him out. I bet he's had an awful lot of tough luck, even though he's run good with that new team this year. It's about a little less than three seconds back to the fifth-place car now of Ricky Rudd as Bobby Allison leads him around the North Wilkesboro Speedway. He's in traffic out of turn number four, and it'll allow some of the second, third, and fourth-place machinery to catch up to him a little bit as he'll have to slow down working into turn one. And 
pick his way around rookie driver Don Hume off that fourth corner and up the back stretch. And as Dick May comes by us in car 23, trailing a shower of sparks, he heads towards the pit area. Allison working around Bobby Gerhardt, works around J.D. McDuffie, and for the moment he has the lead uncontested. Dick May has a flat, flat right rear tire. Allison's the leader, Kyle Petty is second, Labonte is third, fourth is Jeff Bodine, and fifth is Ricky Rudd. Sixth would be Waltrip, seventh Earnhardt, eighth is Gant, ninth is Bouchard, and tenth is Bonnet, who's battling Bouchard out of turn two. Coming on the inside groove, Bonnet trying to hold the spot. Bouchard keeping his Valvoline car wound up tight, but it's Bonnet off the inside groove. Again, winning that battle, their single file to turn four. And that's the way they are pretty much around the racetrack right now as the race stabilizes a bit among the top 12. They're riding pretty much single file just to feel the surface out. Long ways to go yet in the Northwestern Bank 400. If you're wondering the progress of Bill Elliott, a lot of people are asking why can he run so good on a super speedway and can't seem to do that well on a short track. I asked Elliott about that yesterday. Oh, it ain't that easy. Know where you go. You know, I've only been here four times in the past. We started running all the races in 83, and a lot of the short tracks I'd never run on. You know, and it's hard to come in, figure out what you need to do, you know, in two years. And, you know, a lot of guys do, but a lot of guys have got a lot of help. And see, short tracks ain't never been really our strongest point because you know we've never really can were that much worried about them because every time you went into sponsor you know you need to run good at daytona or talladega or atlanta or someplace like that it has been a kind of a drawback to him also because theirs is a family operation they don't have that much outside help in the shop of guys who've been around so many years and have the experience because you know you need a guy that's been here before and can kind of tell you what the car's going to do instead of going out and trying to learn for yourself but still, yet we, I felt like we run good at Bristol. I felt like we was running good at Richmond. And, you know, we may not qualify good here at Wilkesboro, but I feel like we'll get running good in the race. Just hear the stock cars rolling down that high bank track. Better keep your eye on number five, because he ain't looking. Back at the North Wilkesboro Speedway for the running of the Northwestern Bank 400. Bobby Allison continues to set the pace here this afternoon. Kyle Petty hangs on to the second spot as Bobby pulls in by about a full second now. They're in the middle of the backstretch. Running in the third spot is Terry Labonte. Jeff Bodine is some three or four car lanes behind. He's in fourth. Fifth is Darrell Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt in sixth. All of this is single file. Ricky Rudd is seventh. Neil Bonnet is eighth. And Harry Gant ninth. And Ron Bouchard tenth. One driver's really working well is young Bobby Gerhardt at a little bit in Pennsylvania. He's a lap down uh, to the leaders, but that car is working well. Gerhardt's not been on the circuit. I think it's almost a year, Barney, since he had that crash at Pocono, Pennsylvania. And he's only made, if he's made any starts, it's been only one since then. And he's having a pretty fair day out here, although not running up with the leaders. I've heard a lot of drivers say in past years that North Wilkesboro is a good place for a driver to come and really learn what this business is about. They say if you can drive here, work traffic, stay out of the fast car's way, and if you have any potential is really what it boils down to. It'll kind of show up at North Wilkesboro. A lot of drivers have started their career here. Darrell Walters creeping up on the leader, Bobby Allison. A moment ago, he was about seven seconds behind. He's knocked off a couple of positions since his restart and is now just about an even five seconds behind Bobby Allison as the leader works out of turn number four and heads back around the racetrack. Well, when Walter comes to North Wilkesboro, of course, it's Junior Johnson's home track, and there's, I asked him about the confidence factor, kind of like when Richard Petty goes to Daytona in February. His whole team knows that they've had such success there in the past that they're pumped up and they're keyed up, and I asked Walter if it was the same for him here. It's about all the short tracks we go to. Everybody says, you know, uh, if the car stays running, then we got a good chance of winning the race, and there are some super speedways where we feel that way. I think every team, uh, every driver, every team, every owner has a place that everything 
everything gels. The driver likes it, the owner likes it, and the crew likes it. And uh, it's like the home field advantage. I feel like in Nashville when we go there, so a lot of times I didn't run that well at Nashville, but I won because I was comfortable there. I was at home and uh, was in, amongst friends, and everybody was pulling for me. And uh, those things are factors in a race. There's a lot of emotion in racing. People don't, don't realize that. There's a tremendous amount of emotion in racing, just like there is in all other sports. Here he's won five from the pole, including, and he's won six out of the last seven races here. He's coming up through the field. He's chopped it down to 3.7 seconds, separate him now. A moment ago, he was five seconds back, so he's picked up about two seconds in the last ten laps around the racetrack. Let's go to Eli Gold. What has been a good battle for eighth and ninth has now been won by Bill Elliott for the moment as he just pulls past Ron Bouchard. Waltrip now off turn number four, trying to make a bid on Bodine's spot. He was underneath him last time by, coming out of turn two. Couldn't do anything with him. Let's follow that battle into one. Bodine is just about half a groove off the bottom of the racetrack. Waltrip tied to squeeze underneath. Wasn't room in their single file. It's the battle for fourth spot, and they're coming up on a whole host of cars. Bobby Allison has gotten by the traffic now. Kyle Petty is right in the midst of it. So is Labonte, and here's Waltrip off turn four again. Dutch is now to the inside. Gets a fender alongside of Jeff Bodine for the moment. Can't get him going to turn number one, but he stays in the throttle, and they are door-to-door -door going through one and two, and they'll come off the turn side by side. Darrell's to the inside of Jeff Bodine. They do have enough running room in front of them going uphill into turn three for Waltrip to step on it. He does, and Darrell has the position. Bodine follows him single file. Barney, I'll tell you somebody else that's really moving, and that's Waltrip's, uh, well, we say teammate. It's actually two different separate, uh, operations down here, Junior Johnson Shaw, but Neil Bonnie has that Budweiser number 12 really on the move, too. Well, they come out of the same shops down there, and the knowledge that Junior Johnson has accumulated over the years has fed into both of these cars, and many people felt like Bonnet might pick up a victory here because he's run extremely well on the short tracks ever since he went to Junior's operation down in Ingle Hollow, which is just about eight miles from the speedway here at North Wilkesboro. Beautiful day at the track. It's going to be a record crowd. They have not announced the attendance figures yet, but I'm sure it will be the largest we've ever seen at this racetrack. The place was almost jam-packed before noon today, and folks are still trickling in here this afternoon to watch the North Wilkesboro Speedway put on the Northwestern Bank 400. Bobby Allison continues to lead as Brent Elliott slows a little bit here in the front straightaway, and Darrell Waltrip is going to have to get on the binders as he runs right in on him on the corner, and Jeff Bodine almost tagged Waltrip, trying to get woed down a bit also. They're in the backstretch. And at the same time, Neil Bonnet has joined that battle tightly so that's a three-car battle now for fourth fifth and sixth spot is neil bonnets right on the rear deck of bodine one car that was a contender now quite far off the pace is that of rusty wallace after the round of pit stops wallace came out trickled to the back of the field and he's now gone a lap down so too has phil parsons in the second skull car as the leaders head up for turn three as bobby allison is through turn three and so too is terry labani and the second place runner kyle petty it's waltrip now who's calling to within two car lanes of third place labani Walter just taking his time, finding an opening, and if it's there, if there's room to get the car in there, he's not taking any chances. Still a long ways to go in this one here this afternoon. We joined our broadcast. A couple of cars have gone out of the race as Neil Bonnet works door to door with Jeff Bodine in the middle of the backstretch, and that's for a position. It's for fifth place, and Neil again using the inside groove makes the pass on Bodine, and now Bonnet trying to set sail to chase Walter. A couple of cars that are out. Eddie Beerswale hit the wall to bring out the first caution flag this afternoon off turn number four and has retired his car. And Buddy Baker, the latest retiree, has taken the Bullfrog and Liquid Wrench car out of competition here this afternoon. Well, for the first 25% of this race, uh, a number of the legion of Petty fans over the years of the history of NASCAR racing have got to be wondering, is this the day that Kyle Petty wins his first NASCAR race? His performance in the first 100 laps here 
has been just outstanding. He's running the top four, currently posted in second spot. And Eli, you notice at your end, that car stays right at the bottom of the racetrack. It really does. And, you know, he's driving the type of a race similar to that of Darrell Waltrip. He is driving a patient race. Now there's smoke from the driver's compartment of Darrell Waltrip's car. Everybody goes by him as Darrell is out of the uh, racing groove. The inside driver's area just filled with steam and smoke, and everybody goes by. Ned Jarrett will be heading down to Waltrip's pits to get the story on that, and it may be a short day for Darrell Waltrip and the Wilkes County fans. Some of them are on their feet here this afternoon. It's he is the favorite here coming into the race, no doubt about that. And just about everybody in Wilkes County pulls for Junior Johnson's team. Waltrip still limping around the racetrack and will be heading for pit road. He's in front of Eli Gold. He comes past us now. The car is still very much under power, and he's not going to make the turn towards the pit area as he keeps on trucking. Ed Jarrett making his way down there. We'll get the story on that. Waltrip's going to stay out there as long as he can. The smoke seems to have cleared up a little bit inside the cockpit of the car, but he is losing an awful lot of ground. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett and see if we can get the story. We're in the pits here right now. Jeff Hammond talking to him on the radio. Junior, do you know what's wrong with the car? Said he thought he busted a radiator hose. So that's the story, at least right now, whether they're going to bring him onto pit road or not, we'll find out in a moment here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway as Bobby Allison continues to set the pace for the rest of the folks in the Northwestern Bank 400. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for our See Better Drive Safer sale going on right now. Get great deals on everything from wiper blades to headlight bulbs. Plus, save on your next oil change with five quarts of O'Reilly Full Synthetic Motor Oil and MicroGuard Filter, just $25.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Back in the North Wilkesboro Speedway, Bobby Allison's advantage from first to second, which is Kyle Petty right now, is about 3.6 seconds. And Allison has a car that is working as well as anyone on the racetrack. But it makes a big difference when you're out there and you're the leader. You can set your own pace. You can get in and out of traffic a lot easier than if you're trying to overhaul the leader and get out. And, of course, the flag man, Harold Kinder, is working the passing flag every time the faster cars come up, particularly the leader, to move some traffic out of your way. So Bobby is getting around here in about 21.4 seconds. Waltrip is not that far off the pace. We put the watch on him just before we took that commercial break. He is still out there running. And as of yet, we have not found out what the problem is. I don't think his team even knows. Well, we just checked back with Junior Johnson, uh, Barney, and he said we don't know what the problem is. But he is running the racetrack at about 21.8 seconds, so that should keep him in the lead lap for a little while, but if the problem persists, he's going to get himself a lap down. Neil, Neil Bonnet down at turn one just drove underneath Kyle Petty in the Wood Brothers Ford, and so second spot changed hands. So Allison's the leader. Bonnet now rides second. Kyle is third. Terry Labonte holds the fourth spot. Fifth, almost a battle, but now they're car length apart. Jeff Bodine is in fifth. Dale Earnhardt is sixth. Seventh is Ricky Rudd. Long way back to the eighth place car. That's Harry Gant. Ninth is Bill Elliott. Tenth is Richard Petty. Eleventh is Ron Bouchard. Unofficially twelfth would be Ken Schrader. Thirteenth would be Lake Speed. And then would come Waltrip in the fourteenth position, just ahead of Tim Richmond. Richmond would be fifteenth, and he'd be the last car on the lead lap. Richmond has been having some problems getting off turns three and four up in front of Eli Gold. 
We've had a lot of cars having trouble getting off this corner, which is somewhat unusual. Some of the drivers are saying yesterday they expected they might have a tough time getting the good grip on the racetrack coming off the turn. But when you talk about the troublesome end of the speedway, you're normally talking about one and two here at North Wilkesboro as opposed to turns three and four. Richmond is the defending champion for this race. He told us yesterday that it was a good feeling to come back to a track that you'd won before, but he knew to come back and do it again would not be easy. Yeah, that's, uh, the competition is, is such that, you know, you just don't know who's going to win the race at, at, any, at any given track. You know, Waltrip had a, had a handle on Bristol uh, a few years back for quite a, quite a while, but the way the uh, technology's taken place in, in, uh, in a lot of the different race cars and in a lot of the different teams, you don't know who's going to win the race at, at any track. Uh, except you might be able to say Elliott this year, and, and, that, and that's the only one. Well, Elliott's been the hottest piece of property in Winston Cup racing this year. There's no question about that, already having won three of six races that have been completed. At the North Wilkesboro Speedway, we're up to about 115 or 18 laps somewhere in that range. The scoreboard here, as we look at it, they update it about every five laps, so we'll kind of have to play that by ear, but it should be somewhere around 117, 118 laps complete. Don't you join us late for a while. It looked like Neil Bonnets might be the uh, rather... Darrell Waltrips might be the only number up on the Winston Cup Series leaderboard in turn three, but Ken Schrader in the first caution, or second caution rather, did lead a few laps, and Bobby Allison forged to the front of the field. Waltrip has slipped back in the field after uh, smoke started billowing from the cockpit of the race car, and then the car once again, the smoke abated, and he picked up speed, and he's now trying to climb his way back to the front of the field. He's in about 14th position. As Allison continues to set the pace here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, he is another driver who feels like he is due a couple of short track victories. He had Bristol, Tennessee just literally locked up and lapped the field up there last year to have a rear end go out. And he came to the North Wilkesboro a couple of weeks later and was just running away here. Also had the same problem. And this year, he says they have really put a special effort in their short track program to make sure that they win at least two or three of the short track races before the season is over. Here's the battle for fourth spot off turn four. Jeff Bodine gets underneath Terry Labonte, pulls right alongside the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. They're dead even going into turn number one again, and Bodine on the bottom, but Labonte holds right with him. And now they're going to come up on a slower car, but with Bodine holding the inside groove, he'll just outgun Labonte. Dave Marcus, the car ahead of them, will tuck back in line as well. So coming through three and four, Bodine leads Labonte. Traffic is such a factor here at North Wilkesboro. Five-eighths of a mile around this racetrack, and although it's fairly wide in the straightaways, the corners get very tight, and it's about a groove and a half up there. It's kind of like Darlington. Many of the drivers will tell you that there's about a lane and a half where you can really go in there very hard if you're racing door-to-door, -door, and usually somebody has to give. So you either make your time going into the corner, try to get clear of whoever you're trying to pass, or either get him coming off the corner and get him before you get to the end of the straightaway. Darrell Waltrip's now moved up to the 11th spot. He got underneath Ron Bouchard one lap ago. There's still 14 cars on the lead lap as Tim Richmond has gone one down. Allison is the leader. Neil Bonnet now rides second. Third is Kyle Petty. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Tim Richmond, or rather, Terry Labonte is now fifth. Sixth is Earnhardt. Seventh is Rudd. In the eighth spot, that's still Harry Gant. Ninth is Bill Elliott. Back in 10th, Richard Petty. 11th is Waltrip. 12th is Bouchard. 13th, Ken Schrader. 14th is Lake Speed, and he's the last car on the lead lap at present. We're 120 laps complete here at North Wilkesboro. So 14 cars staying on the lead lap. Richmond has gone a lap down. 
And he felt like he could come back here today. You heard him say just a moment ago that it's, it would be hard to come back and win, but they also came here loaded for bear, so to speak. And they thought they had their best effort going of the year to win on a short track, and right now he's got a lot of ground. When you play catch-up at North Wilkesboro, it is awfully difficult. Battle for the top ten is Walter. Got underneath Richard Petty in the back straightaway. That's the way most of the passing has been done here today. And now the Junior Johnson prepared car that's won six of the last seven here is now back in the top ten in tenth spot. Here's Ronnie Millsap for Bush Beer. It's that time of day when you can see. Head for the mountains, the taste is smooth, and it's waiting for you. Don't you know you should head for the mountains? Head for the mountains. Head for the mountains. Head for Bush Beer. Anheuser Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. Back in the North Wilkesboro Speedway, just about everyone has been in for pit service, and this is the way they're running on the racetrack. Bonnet comes out quick. He gets the lead right back. Bobby Allison is second. Jeff Bodine should be third. The fourth-place car, Ricky Rudd, still back in fifth position, would be Terry Labonte. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt, and seventh is Darrell Waltrip. As we're still working this lengthy caution here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, as you say, everybody did come in. In fact, they were just about ready for green flag pit stops. Harry Gant was just going out of the pits when the caution came out, so that was a tough break for him. He had taken on left side tires. Of course, he did get to come back in and take on right side tires, so at least he has on four fresh tires now where the others only have two. Some of them took on left side while others took on right side. No, we still have not been able to ascertain what the problem was in Darrell Waltrip's car. Perhaps Ned will have a chance now that Waltrip has been in the pits. He might have... Uh, told Junior or Jeff Hammond on the crew exactly what the problem was a moment ago. It would be interesting to find out indeed what it was a little bit early this afternoon. As Ron Bouchard comes back to pit road and they'll put the hood up on the Race Hill Farm Valvoline Buick once again. I'll tell you that you can win a Daytona 500 Dream Vacation for the folks at Goody's Headache Powders, Piedmont Airlines, and Motor Racing Network. All you need to do to enter is send the front panel from any size package of Goody's Headache Powders or the name Goody's Headache Powders printed in plain block letters on a 3x5 piece of paper. Send that along with your name, address, and phone number to Goody's Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, 32015. And we could be drawing your name in November as the winner of our Daytona 500 Grand Prize or one of the racing holidays of the month. Two tickets to a Winston Cup race, $300 in cash, and a pair of round-trip tickets on Piedmont Airlines. Complete rules at Piedmont Airlines City Ticket Offices or wherever you buy Goody's Headache Powders. I understand the problem on Ron Bouchard's car a moment ago was a brake problem on the car, and I think they said that when they were in the pits a little bit earlier. They're trying to work on that. The attrition rate has not been high at North Wilkesboro this afternoon. A couple of cars stayed on pit road a long time. Buddy Baker is the only car that has retired for the day. Eddie Beerswall was out, and they stayed probably in the pits, what, 80 or 100 laps or somewhere along there before he came back, but he is still on the racetrack. As we said, it's a good place to get some experience here at the Speedway. Barney, let's check in with uh, Jeff Hammond. They've had a chance now to talk with Darrell Waltrip. Jeff, have you figured out what happened to cause that smoke to come up in the car? Not exactly, Ned. Uh, we've got a lot of ideas, but we don't have an exact reason what happened. Uh, you know, we changed motors early this morning. And it could have been a, a glob of grease up there. It fell down on the, on the tailpipes, and it just, you know, belt smoke up in the car. You know, kind of scared him for half a second, but uh, right now everything's under control, and uh, I think we're going to be okay. Bill's running awful good, and I hope we just get on up here to him. It could be a one-two bud day. 
Okay, that's Jeff Hammond. I'm sure if he thought that Darrell had some anxious moments, they had some here in the pits as well. So they're really not exactly sure what brought the smoke up in Waltrip's car, but whatever it was, it's been no major problem, as Darrell is certainly a contender, very much so. Barney, there were a variety of teams that had braking problems in practice and qualifying Friday and Saturday. I saw two teams that went through the whole braking system, changing hats, rotors, and calipers, virtually the entire functional part of that system just in an effort to get the brakes that were working right and, and working to their best advantage. So like Martinsville, this track too puts quite a premium on brakes. Well, you won't wear them out quite as quick, but you certainly have to have them here if you're going to win this race. We're back under green at the Northwestern Bank 400, and Neil Bonnet gets a heck of a jump on everyone as he pulls away about six or eight car lengths on this restart, takes them back into turn number two. Bobby Allison trying to come up to speed to stay with him. Bobby Allison is in second, Jeff Bodine third, right behind him, Ricky Rudd fourth in line, followed by Terry Labonte fifth and sixth is Dale Earnhardt. That's how they work traffic off turn four. Hard-fought battle off turn four between Bodine and Rudd. Rudd with no place to go as they're double file working around Dave Marcus. Terry Labonte is right there as they come off two. Terry Labonte trying to work his way through, but again with Dave Marcus's car occupying the inside groove, Bill Elliott's was there as well. Everybody just picking their way around traffic through turns three and four as Bonnet leaves. Barney, there's a development here in the pits. A buddy Baker has suited back up and is standing in Richard Davies' pit. I don't know if they'll bring him in during the green flag or not. He's still out there, but they say that Richard is complaining of the heat. So Buddy Baker is now ready to go in that STP body act. Well, we'll keep our eye on that story as Buddy Baker drove for the petty some years ago it's been quite a while but Richard here this afternoon the heat is very it's this is the first race I guess this year that we've had that heat has really been a factor up in the 90s it's very hot at North Wilkesboro this afternoon the leader is still Neil Bonnet Bobby Allison instead of gaining ground is losing ground he's lost to what at least to eight or nine eight or nine more car lengths Eli Gold at least that many although he does seem to make some ground up through the corner here in three and four where he worked well earlier but rest of the racetrack Bonnet is able to pull away Baker would be a good choice as a relief driver for Petty. He's probably the only other driver here that's tall enough to reach the pedals on Richard's race car. Let's take you a bit further back through the field. Bonnet is the leader. Allison is second. Third is Jeff Bodine. And fourth is Ricky Rudd. Fifth is Terry Labonte. Riding sixth is Dale Earnhardt. And seventh is Darrell Waltrip. Just those seven cars are on the lead lap. One lap down, Bill Elliott, Richard Petty, and Lake Speed. Two laps back, Tim Richmond, Kyle Petty, and Dave Marcus. Three laps down. Phil Parsons. Parsons along with Rusty Wallace, Ken Schrader, the Elmo Langley car, that's Clark Dwyer, also Ron Bouchard and Jimmy Means. Then four laps back, Buddy Arrington. That takes you through the top 20. It is 5.4 seconds back to that seventh place car, Darrell Waltrip. So that's the distance he has to make up to catch up to his teammate, Neil Bonnet. And Waltrip is caught back in some traffic and having to pick his way around Richard Petty right now. He's been chasing him for the last four or five laps as the leader heads for turn three. The leader is through turns three and four while everybody else follows through single file. You have to go back about uh, 15th spot before you get two by two racing on back. As they come off that corner, Lake Speed again trying to make up a little ground here this afternoon as some of the cars that we expected to be in the front of the pack have had a little problem and gotten behind. If you have to play catch up at North Wilkesboro, if you get yourself a lap down in the early going, it is a long day at this racetrack. Here's the leader, Neil Bonnet, back across the line, and he continues to stretch his interval over Bobby Allison. He's padded about another half a second onto it. Jeff Bodine has not been able to catch up to Bobby Allison. He's the third place car. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Labonte 
is tussling with Ricky Rudd right now for that fourth position over in the north end of the track. Terry tries him each time coming off turn two and heading towards us here in three and four, but though he gets under him off the corners, it's Rudd who's able to pull him on the straightaways. Ford engine with a lot of pull down here, and it's not just motor, it's also the choice of gearing at this racetrack. It's a very unique situation where you run uphill on the back stretch and downhill on the front stretch, and horsepower has a lot to do with it, but so too, says Darrell Waltrip, is the choice of gearing. Well, it's the gear selection. You gotta have enough gear in a car to get up that back straightaway, and then the, then you gotta really watch the tack coming down the front straightaway, because there's two or 300 RPM variants going up the back and down the front. So. Uh, when you put enough gear in a car to run up the back the way you want to, then you tax the engine coming down the front straight away. And you'll find that drivers normally let out a little early. For that reason, they're turning a little more RPM, plus they're going downhill, so you got to get out of it a little early. But gear selection is probably as critical here as it is anywhere. Watching Bobby Hillen Jr. run here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway this weekend without his regular crew chief, Jake Helder. For those of you who didn't hear, Jake has packed his suitcase and is on the road again, as Willie Nelson says. And it's going to be interesting to see where Jake Elder lands this time. I'm sure there are quite a few teams that will be interested in hiring the very talented crew chief. But again, Jake Elder is no longer with the Stavola brothers, and Bobby Hillen Jr. told us yesterday they were not sure who they would maybe try to replace him with. So, But he's running pretty well here, despite the fact that Jake isn't here. He ran a bit uh, slow early on, was black flagged for what NASCAR officials believe was a leaking rear end. That's what it looked and smelled like to them. And then he got back on the racetrack, and though he is several laps down, he continues uh, to run well. We took you back through 20th position. That included the cars that were up to four laps down. Not in order, but other cars that are still running uh, would include the Dave Marcus automobile, that of Bobby Hillen that we mentioned. We gave you Jimmy Means and the Clark Dwyer car. J.D. McDuffie is still in contention. So is Bobby Gerhardt, Don Hume and Brent Elliott, along with the Ed Sanger car, and Dick May, who is driving for Dick Bear out of Oxford, Maine. We're 210 laps just past the halfway point here in the Northwestern Bank 400. 210 laps complete, and the question, would Darrell Waltram's string remain intact here at North Wilkesboro? Well, Junior Johnson's string is the one that right now is up on the line as Neil Bonnet leads Bobby Allison off turn four, and a little close to Bobby Gerhardt, the Young driver out of Pennsylvania, and there are two lapped cars that separate Bonnet from Allison as they go to turn one. They work through the corner, and for the moment, everything is stabilized as they do work the race traffic. Neil Bonnet getting off the corner, working very strongly, and Bobby Allison, no opportunity to make a move around Don Hume because Eddie Bergewell has the inside groove occupied. Harry Gant down on the apron of the track, and Gant is not getting around the speedway anywhere near what as Darrell Waltrip collides with him, hit him as he ducked down to pit road. He'll be heading down to Ned Jarrett. Harry Gant does have a problem on the Skull Bandit. Let's go to Ned. This is definitely an unscheduled pit stop, Barney. They go to the right side on the Skull Bandit car and change those tires. Remember, he was just in as the, before the caution came out there a few moments ago and had taken on left side tires. He came back in during the caution, put on right side tires, but he had one going down. It was the right rear, so now he has that service and gone. Now, that's a rare miscue by Walter, but it's not entirely his fault. As you come off turn four there, the groove, the low groove in the racetrack is really right where you have to be if you're going to get onto pit road, and it's not apparent to a driver following the, the driver heads going into the pits until he actually makes that cut to pit road. So Walter was just running a lot quicker than Gant, perhaps didn't realize it, bumped into the back of him. Collision wasn't that hard, but he did tap him a little bit. From the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Hack Schoolfield, the press director here at the Speedway, and the fellow who ran the old Universal Racing Network that covered the races here in North Wilkesboro and many of the NASCAR Speedways over 
many many years has estimated the attendance of 28,500 race fans and that is certainly a record here at North Wilkesboro North Carolina well they've sold every seat in the house there's no question about that the place was packed by 10 o'clock this morning and well they should because this track has so much history and so much tradition much the same as Darlington or any place else and you always see some good racing here not only that there's a classy field of cars perhaps the best they've ever had in the forecast all week long it's been for ideal just gorgeous weather is what we're enjoying now with plenty of sunshine and the temperatures up in the 80s and 90s well, the forecast was a promoter's dream as harry gant comes smoking off turn number four spinning on that right rear tire schoolfield said that as early as tuesday all the local radio and tv stations were predicting warm weather and cloudless skies for the weekend it was the first time he could remember that it's that far back they gotten the forecast for this kind of weather and and they deserve it. It's a good crowd here. And certainly some of the new improvements in this speedway for this race uh, has shown that there's been a tremendous investment by Enix Daly and his folks into, this, into the plant here at North Wilkesboro. It's paid off for them over the years. Right now, the leader is Neil Bonnet as he continues to pull away from Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine, the third place car. Ricky Rudd still posted his fourth and fifth would be Terry Labonte's machine. So those are the front five. Not much interval has changed between first and fifth position pretty well stabilized the last few times around so for Neil Bonnet he's just pacing himself the only interval Eli Gold that we really see that's beginning to get worse is of course Bobby Allison is losing a little more ground right Jeff Bodine is really hooked right onto his rear deck now and tried to make a couple of passes off turn two now they're caught behind a slower car off turn four back down the front straightaway once again We'll tell you that no matter where you live, there's chances that Winston Cup racing is coming to you in the very near future. All these speedways have their ticket offices open today, and you can call up and reserve your seats today, whether it's for Martinsville, Virginia, next Sunday, or two weeks from today, the world's fastest speedway in Talladega, Alabama, or the month of May, Dover, Delaware, or Charlotte, North Carolina, and in June, Riverside, California, Pocono, Pennsylvania, Brooklyn, Michigan, and 4th of July, Daytona Beach, Florida. All those ticket offices are open today. You can call up and reserve your seats and see Winston Cup racing in person. Right next door is the Winston Lounge to our broadcast booth here at North Wilkesboro and Ralph Seagraves, who was the former director of special events for the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, is here today. And he always likes to come to North Wilkesboro and watch them run. He makes a lot of bets with about everybody around. And usually he takes Darrell Waltrip and says he'll give you somebody else. Now he's over there holding up some hands. He's wanting to change his bet and pick some other car. Now that Darrell's a little bit behind, but I still wouldn't bet against Darrell Waltrip no, here. No, I wouldn't, Barney. We tried, to, we tried to get him to give us the field. We didn't have any luck with that, but we'll see where it shakes out at 400 laps here feel pretty well stabilized around the racetrack and then I guess this is a juncture in North Wilkesboro when you reach about lap 220 230 somewhere along in there they'll ride for about 40 or 50 laps and of course there's no point in really racing that hard at this stage of the race if you can just stay in that lead lap and be around for that next pit stop and come out anywhere near the front of the pack that's when you do your hard racing I think that's the goal of everyone right now is to run good stay in the lead lap stay in contention not abuse your car that you just put on because the next time you're only going to be able to put two on the other side, whichever you didn't put on the last time around, especially if it is during a caution flag stop. They don't like to take that much time during a, a uh, green flag stop to change all four tires, but uh, they might have to do it. But they don't want to abuse those tires no more than they possibly have to, so they try to keep the car in a good straight line and run as consistent as possible and try not to race too much with anybody, although that's what they're out there to do. But still, it is a period of the race that, that they need just to to keep themselves well organized out there to have a good shot at it at the end. Neil Bonnet is 3.76 seconds ahead of Bobby Allison here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, and that's the, about the biggest interval we've seen here this afternoon between first and second spot. Jeff Bodine still hangs on to the third position, and fourth, Ricky Rudd, and fifth would be Terry Labonte.
Back at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, Neil Bonnet's trying to put Dale Earnhardt a lap down, and that might be a job as they work off turn two and up to Eli Gold. It's one thing catching the guy, another thing getting by him. Earnhardt leads Neil Bonnet in the nose-to-tail formation through turns three and four. They're both low on the racetrack. One driver is not low on the racetrack is Bill Elliott. He got way up in the marbles in turn four that time by, trying to keep his car inside the concrete wall. That's happening to Elliott at both ends of the speedway, as it was Richard Petty a while ago. Here's Dave Marcus on pit road for right side tires and a tank of gasoline. Hopefully his last pit stop of the day, and it'll be pit stop time shortly. I'll tell you that earlier this morning, the Grand Prix of Portugal, Ayrton Senna driving the Lotus Grand Prix car was the winner. Michele Alboreto for Ferrari was second. Patrick Tambe, the Renault driver who makes his home in Colorado, was third. Elio DeAngelis and Lotus was fourth ahead of Nigel Mansell and Stefan Beloff. And in a rather uncharacteristic and almost unprecedented move, Ferrari dismissed Rini Arno and replaced him with Stefan Johansson, a mid-season change on the Ferrari team. Neil Bonnet almost got in trouble coming out of turn four. He tangled with Dale Earnhardt, tapped him a little bit. He's underneath him going into turn number one, trying to put Earnhardt a lap down, and that's what makes Dale such a great driver. He just will not give you an inch on that racetrack, and he races him up to turn three again. Well, Neil has the inside groove, and he'll just now dive Earnhardt into the corner and able to keep it low on the track. That was the key there for Bonnet, so Earnhardt couldn't get by him again. So Earnhardt goes a lap down right now as Neil Bonnet is getting around this racetrack and should have a pit stop coming up. A lot of miles on those tires out there, and Bonnet's car is still the quickest on the racetrack. Ned Jarrett has made his way up to pit road and is heading up to Brent Elliott's pits, who retired his car just a moment ago, this young driver who's hoping to make a name for himself and coming to North Wilkesboro. We see an awful lot of drivers start their career here. Let's check in with Ned. Barney, we're in uh, Brent's truck right now. Brent, are you okay? started running up on the car, so we just decided to park it. Well, earlier in the week, one of the riders, Barney, had compared him and Bill Elliott. Both of them are just super nice individual. Both of them, uh, Brent is not quite as red-headed as Bill Elliott, but uh, just super nice people to talk to. And Brent made the statement, said, hey, my goal is to make the field, which he did here today. But he's never run a race of over 200. He's never run more than 200 laps in his life in a race. So this is a tough day to come out here and try to run. So he's in the truck here now, moving off like Richard did. Well, it's a very hot day at North Wilkesboro, and it'll, once these drivers run, what, three or four races and kind of get used to it, then it's no major problem. Barney, it's a, I'm amazed that the attrition rate has been so low today. There are only three cars out of the race here at North Wilkesboro. Brent Elliott, Buddy Baker, and Eddie Beerschwall. And Baker, of course, has gone back into the race as relief driver for Richard Petty. So really there are only three drivers on the sidelines of the 30 that started this race. That is highly unusual at this racetrack, just like Darlington. You usually see about a third of the field parked before we reach the 300 mile mark. But here this afternoon, we only had two cars out and one of those came back. Buddy Baker was the only car that went out and stayed out. And now of course, Brent Elliott is. The other point is that all the body men that work in these Grand National shops, many of whom are sitting at home or back in the shop listening on the radio since they don't all accompany the teams to the racetrack, they can breathe kind of easy. The carnage of sheet metal here is nothing like we see at Martinsville or like we saw at Richmond. Oops, until now, turn one. Jeff Bodine and Bobby Allison trade sheet metal going into the corner, and that's a spot on the racetrack for a position as they race up to turn three. This is the battle for second spot. Bodine's got the inside groove. Allison has no choice but to let him on through. So the Levi Garrett car up to second, and it's the Middle American entry in third. 
tagged again a, a little bit again coming out of turn number four as Bodine had to get on the binders a little bit, took the car in low and it was pushing out. Bobby tapped him in the rear. They're still racing for that number two position in the middle of the backstretch. And Allison's another driver who won't give up. You may pass him, but you're not going anywhere if he can hang with you. They're back in three. And as they come through, we look further back. Terry Labonte, who's the next man in line, is a goodly distance back. So it's Bodine and Allison battling for second. With 70 laps complete, let's go back and give you all the cars that are running before they get jumbled once again under the pit stops. Neil Bonnet is the race leader. Jeff Bodine has just taken over second spot. In third is Bobby Allison. In fourth would be Terry Labonte. In the fifth spot would be the 11 of Darrell Waltrip. And in sixth would be Dale Earnhardt. Now one lap down, they're showing Lake Speed. Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd. Now Rudd is the only one of those cars to make a pit stop. He'll be back up. Slowing on, on the back stretch is Neil Bonnet's car. Neil just had a host of cars go by him and he's well off the pace heading towards pit road. Would be his final pit stop of the day and Ned Jarrett will cover that for us. Here's Neil Bonnet down pit road. Let's see which tires they change. Let's go to Ned. I think they'll take on right side tires, Barney. In fact, they do indeed go to the right side because he did change left tires. He was one of the few to change left tires, we should say, during that uh, last caution flag period. So his left side tire should be in pretty good shape, and it allowed him to pull away from Bobby Allison. Of course, he was pulling away from Bobby before that pit stop. They have the service completed, and they're pushing him down pit road. Evidently, the engine had died, and they still don't have it fired. Boy, this is costing him some extra time. Now he finally gets it fired, but about four or five of his crew members and pushed him all the way down to the end of pit road. I remember that car vapor locked a little bit earlier on over here this afternoon. Scary moment for Neil Bonnet. Cost him some ground on the racetrack, too. Ken Schrader makes his pit stop. Lake Speed is on and off pit road, and Dick May is getting left side tires. Let's take you back through the field before these pit stops really jumble things up. Uh, we gave you the first six cars as being on the lead lap, and they include included Bonnet, Bodine, Bobby Allison, Terry Labonte, Darrell Walter, and Dale Earnhardt. One lap down, Ricky Rudd, uh, Bill Elliott and Lake Speed, two laps back are Kyle Petty, Tim Richmond, and Harry Gant. Three laps down is Dave Marcus. Four laps back, Phil Parsons, along with Ron Bouchard, Ken Schrader, Rusty Wallace, Jimmy Means, and Clark Dwyer. Five laps down, 20th spot, Buddy Arrington. Seven laps back, Richard Petty with Buddy Baker relief driving. Ten or more laps back, 22nd is Bobby Hillen. Back in 28th, Bobby Gerhardt. 29th is Eddie Sanger. 30th is J.D. McDuffie. Uh, posted 31st would be Dick May and 32nd, Don Hume. Here's Jeff Bodine on pit road. Let's go down to Ned. And this would be a scheduled stop for him as well, Barney, and he sort of got out of my side. I think he took on right side. side. No, he took right? on right okay, side. I, thought, I saw the crew going uh, to the left side, so he, like Neil Bonnie, then took on the right side tires. They took a look at those left sides and then decided to change the right side tires, so three of the front runners have made their pit stop. Ricky Rudd was on pit road a moment ago. The leader, Neil Bonnet, who lost a little ground, not being able to get the car to fire, as they finally did get him back onto the racetrack. And then Jeff Bodine, another one of the front runners. Here's Here, Terry Labonte, Piedmont Airlines. Car. Let's go to the Cup champion. They go to the right side on that. AMW Trucking, an associate sponsor on that car. Dale Inman and the crew really working on it, filling it up with gas. This should be his last stop as well. Now, he took on left side, I believe. The, I, mean, I thought he took on right side, I beg your pardon. But they decided to put on right side. This time, he's gone. Good pit stop. So pit stops under green. Clark Dwyer is in on pit road up at the north end of pit road. Bobby Hillen also receiving service. Here's Dale Earnhardt. One of the last of the cars on the lead lap, the sixth-place machine, in fact, and he'll get service from Kirk Schelmerdine and the Wrangler crew. 
Bobby Allison is the leader here at North Wilkesboro Speedway, and he may be on a lap by him. No, check that Ricky Rudd, who's running just ahead of him, is on the tail end of the lead lap. Rudd was the first of the lead cars to pit, according to Morris Metcalf at timing and scoring. Trouble down in turn one. Bobby Hillen's out of shape as the car skitters right up in the middle of the groove, comes down on the apron of the track and will be clear of traffic, so we will remain caution-free as Bobby Hillen just went in the corner a little bit hard, and the car just turned around with him in that Trap Rock Industries machine, and we are caution-free. That would have been a break for Bobby Allison had the caution come onto the field, but it does not. From the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Waiting for Bobby Allison to make his pit stop. He is still out there. Now, remember, Allison, last year, gas mileage had been a factor in that car for several races for him. He was able to stay out there probably and run and get as much gas mileage as anyone. So Allison, again, will keep that Miller machine on the racetrack, hoping for a caution flag, and it almost came just a moment ago, but it didn't. Richard Petty is back in the 43 car, the STP Pontiac. Caution is coming out, Barney Hall. One of the NASCAR observers reports debris on the racetrack and its engine parts scattered, perhaps from the Bobby Gerhardt car that just coasted onto pit road. So caution comes out here at about lap 350. Everybody will get a chance to make another pit stop, and then there will be four relatively fresh tires on these cars. We'll go racing to settle the Northwestern Bank 400. So caution is out for the fourth time today, and they're showing Bobby Allison as the leader. And Mike Joy, that uh, that could be an advantage for Bobby Allison, or it could be a disadvantage. Now you'd think first that it'd be an advantage. He had made a pit stop, but there's two cars that had made a pit stop, had gotten back in the lead lap, that had relatively fresh tires on one side of the car. Now they can come in. Bobby Allison is coming in right now. Jeff Bodine coming down, and all of those that had stopped under the green now can have on two more fresh tires. So they're going to have four fresh tires. Bobby Allison will only have two. Very good point. That might make the difference in the outcome of this race. Could well do it. As everybody is coming back onto pit road, Jeff Bodine is in, Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte is in, Darrell Waltrip's in. Let's go back to Ned. And here comes Ricky Rudd in. Waltrip was just in for left side tires a moment ago while we were on a commercial break. And the Piedmont Airlines car goes back out. The course forward to Bill Elliott is in for right side tires. Rudd getting right side. He got left side not long ago. And Bobby Allison got right side tires on the Miller Buick. Here's Richard Teddy coming back down pit road in the STP Pontiac. I believe the deal Bonnet will be posted as the race leader as they pull up behind the caution car, but Bonnet now comes to pit road, so that will really jumble things, and we'll have to check, since Allison had not yet made his pit stop, as to how many cars and which ones are on the lead lap as this caution comes out. Only the fourth one today, and as we pointed out, there are only three, now four cars, counting the Gerhardt car, that are behind the pit wall and out of the race this afternoon. They're working on the left side of Neil Bonnet's car, and again, they have to push him. Let's go back to Ned. Well, they do, uh, Barney. I don't know what's happening. That car could be vapor locking a little bit again as he had that trouble earlier in the race, but he got fired much quicker this time and, and got back out. But that is a nagging problem for him when they have to slow down. And I'm sure that as they go around under these cautions, he's going to try to keep the engine revved up on that Budweiser Chevrolet to keep it from vapor locking. NASCAR scoring is doing a double check to make sure of which cars are on the lead lap but it's entirely possible that just Bobby Allison and Ricky Rudd are posted on the lead lap here at North Wilkesboro. Allison had not made a pit stop and Rudd was the first of the leaders to pit and when Allison came uh, Rudd came out on the racetrack and went past Bobby Allison with fresh tires so those two cars at least would be on the lead lap and we'll check and see which others are. Next Sunday we're at Martinsville, Virginia for the Sovereign Bank 500 and hope you'll join us there to see some more of this great Winston Cup short track racing action. Two weeks from today, you couldn't get a bigger contrast than going from Martinsville to the fastest speedway on earth, Talladega, Alabama, and the Winston 500. Also in the month of May, we'll have the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs, Delaware on the 19th. And, of course, the NASCAR cars, the Winston Cup cars, go to Charlotte 
Memorial Day weekend for the World 600. In June, you can see Winston Cup Racing at Riverside, California, Pocono, Pennsylvania, and Brooklyn, Michigan. And all those ticket offices, again, they're open right now, so you might want to call up and reserve your seats for NASCAR Winston Cup Racing as it comes to a track near you. Here's the report from timing and scoring as we reported just before the caution flag. Bobby Allison, Ricky Rudd, and Neil Bonnet were the cars on the lead lap, so now just three of the seven contenders a moment ago are on the lead lap due to the timing of that caution flag after everyone else had made green flag pit stop. So it's Allison, Rudd, and Bonnet. One lap down are Jeff Bodine, Terry Labonte, Darrell Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt. So it's going to be a shootout here at North Wilkesboro this afternoon, and Bobby Allison may be on his way to winning his first race in quite some time. He came here, felt like that things would turn around for them at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. It also has been one of his favorite tracks over the years, and he's had very good success here. As the laps wind down and the field will be bunching up for a start here very shortly, we're still under caution. If you just joined our broadcast, it's been one of the better races at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Very competitive field all week long, qualifying very tight among, well, among the top 20. They, of course, have a two-day qualifying session for the top eight contenders here. But for the cars who qualified ninth on back, very tight qualifying as they're forming up for a double-file restart here in just a moment or so as Ernie Moore, the chief steward for NASCAR, is out trackside indicating to the drivers we're going back to green here very shortly. Bobby Allison won two races in 1984. He is as yet winless in the 85 season, and a win today would break the deadlock between he and Cale Yarborough, who are tied for third on the all-time victory list at 81 behind Richard Petty and David Pearson. At North Wilkesboro Speedway, we're going racing in one lap, and with 355, nearly 360 laps complete here, it'll be a shootout to the finish, and it'll be Allison, Rudd, and Bonnet to settle it. On the inside of that front row there is uh, Waltrip, along with Jeff Bodine, who's lined up just ahead of Bobby Allison. They're going to race the pace car down into turn three as they look for the restart. Pace car pulling off right behind the pace car. You've got a two-by-two two of Waltrip and Bodine. Jeff Bodine is on the tail end of the lead lap. He is in the lead lap, but he's on the tail end of it, and Bobby Allison's trying to put him a lap down as they race back into turn number one. Darrell Waltrip's also up there trying to get his lap back. That is a mad jumble of traffic out of the number two corner as they pull away from Bobby Allison. The race leader is behind the two-by-two two traffic of Waltrip, who has the inside groove, and Bodine the outside. Waltrip is back on the lap as he has gotten his lap back, and now Rudd tries to challenge Allison for the lead. Ricky Rudd ducks under Bobby Allison. Here comes Neil Bonnet to the bottom of the racetrack. He's underneath Rudd's Ford in turn number one, and Bonnet tries to grab the second spot. Neil Bonnet has the inside groove as Ricky Rudd's Ford kicked to the outside. Allison leads. Meanwhile, ahead of them and pulling off are both Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine. As Earnhardt has blown a tire, he's heading towards pit road. I think Ned Jarrett hit the key a moment ago in the fact that the drivers, most of them now, have four new tires all the way around, while Bobby Allison could only take on two under that caution. It's a left front tire on Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler machine, completely flat as they went by our position here. Of course, they don't run the inner tires on the short track that would help to keep it up, so Earnhardt losing more time here with the green flag pit stop. Battle for the lead off turn number four. Rudd's on the outside, three wide off turn number four. It's Bonnet way down on the inside. Allison got caught in the middle, and Rudd came from the outside to take the lead. So as they work off the corner, Rudd has the lead, but Neil Bonnet comes challenging back to the inside. Neil, who has worked well going up into turn three, works well again. Bonnet assumes the lead. Rudd is back to second, Allison third. Well, the junior Johnson magic has surfaced again on a short track as Neil Bonnet proved he had the stuff to do the job. They came three wide off turn number four down the back straightaway as Ricky Rudd had assumed the lead from Bobby Allison getting around him. Bonnet just drove underneath him in the middle of the back stretch and has now pulled away one car length. They're back in three and four. Waltrip and Bodine on the tail end of the lead lap have pulled away from Neil Bonnet by four car lengths. Bonnet now contending with Rudd. 
caution flag here and make this a five car instead of a three car shootout as Waltrip and, Bot or and Bodine are comfortably ahead of being lapped. And it's Bonnet, Ricky Rudd, and Allison continues to fall back. And Mike, I suspect Bobby Allison would like to see another caution so he could come in and get two more fresh tires because he's really at a disadvantage right now. That may be the outcome of this race and the key that would cause Bobby Allison to lose it, that's for sure. It's already been a big disadvantage for him being able to take only two tires. He's found himself way back in the pack as Neil Bonnet and Ricky Rudd continue to drive away. They're in the back straightaway. They continue to pull away while Neil Bonnet and Rudd have a separation between the two of them of about two and a half to three car lanes. It's another six car lanes back to Bobby Allison. Ned Jarrett was absolutely right when he said that perhaps the caution flag was a bad break for Allison since he did not stop and didn't have fresh tires. With an NASCAR rule that allows you to change only two tires under caution, that may account for Allison sliding back in the field. Neil Bonnet, the race leader, has about four car lengths on Ricky Rudd up in turns three and four. Just ahead of them are the race of the men on the tail end of that lead lap, Darrell Waltram and Jeff Bodine, and no in danger immediately of being lapped, but they're running in the fourth and fifth positions. Leaders out of two. And as the leaders work off the corner, right now separation remaining as is. We're looking further back. Kyle Petty leading his father through the corner. Richard Petty back behind the wheel of the number 43. They're working between the two of them, some two car lanes. But the leaders are off turn four. And Neil Bonnet, not Neil Bonnet, I wanted to say Terry Labonte is about to get around Bobby Allison. He's really been working on him for that third position on the racetrack as they head back into turn number two and zip off the number two corner and back in the backstretch. But Neil Bonnet's just driving away from Ricky Rudd right now. He's opened up about a full second on him. That fracas a bit ago that cost Dale Earnhardt the left front tire can't happen coming off turn two. Earnhardt, Harry Gant, and Labonte all got together three abreast. There's a little bumping and jostling. Couldn't, couldn't tell whose fault it was with all the banging around there as everybody tried to get down the backstretch at once. But in the end, result was Earnhardt's left front that went flat, and he had to go to pit road. He just never came up to song today, so to speak. They had their car running real well in practice both days here. Friday and Saturday and felt like they had a shot to win this race and they've been in the thick of things but they've had some bad breaks today that's really cost them here at this racetrack. Laps wind down here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway and you keep wondering if it's going to be Neil Bonnet or if it's going to be Ricky Rudd or Bobby Allison. Those three have been the dominant cars here in the last oh, 150 laps or so. Still a pretty good ways to go and anything can happen. Well, you may hear one of the five cars involved in this finish, one of those drivers on NASCAR Live Tuesday night. Call in your questions toll-free to Eli Gold and his guest on most of these MRN stations. Five drivers will settle it. Bonnet, Rudd, Allison, Waltrip, and Bodine as they go up to turn three, and they await the restart. And those cars are lined up nose to tail on the outside of the double-pile restart. They're up to full song in turn four. Neil Bonnet comes off that fourth corner like shot out of a cannon and pulls away from Ricky Rudd by four car legs before they hit turn number one. The other four cars trying to chase him down as a mad scramble double-file restart. Down to the inside is going to shuffle Bobby Allison back. He's going to lose some ground as Darrell Waltrip ducks underneath him. They're back in three. Ricky Rudd's got to feel this place owes him one after the fine performance of a year ago. We have trouble in turn number three as Jeff Bodine has problems. He shoots out of the groove. Bill Elliott trying to get by. Tags with Bobby Hill and everybody's in the right direction. But Bodine stalls before he can get onto pit road. Caution is out. Caution will come out of the speedway. Just as soon as they put him under green, they ran a couple of laps, and that trouble happened over in the corner when one car, Eli, looked like it slowed right in front of Jeff Bodine, and he tagged him from the rear, had nowhere to go. That right front is shredded on the car also. Yes, it is, Barney, completely. He has the car going again now, but the right front is down on the racetrack, so to speak, because it's gone. Now they'll all come back in and put on left-side tires. They just 
put right side tires on a few minutes ago. Now they got to come in and put on left side tires. Well, here's where NASCAR's tire rule has worked to advantage to try to save the owner's money. Otherwise, everybody would have gotten four tires on each of these three rapid-fire caution flags. As they went into turn number three, Bodine was trying to get underneath another car and keep pace with the leaders. He ran into the back end of Ron Bouchard's Buick and hit it hard. And the right front on Bodine's car was the casualty of that time. Bobby well, they did, Bar uh, Mike, they didn't uh, come in. I thought they would. Bud Moore's crew was up. Here's Bill Elliott. He's coming in, but Bobby he's pretty Allison, far back. And Bobby Allison is in getting right side tires. Of course, he had run those. Uh, well, he doesn't run them any longer than anybody else, though. But he probably had abused them a little bit more because when those left side tires were so worn out on his car and he was sort of backsliding through the field, he was putting a lot of abuse on those right side tires. So that was a smart move on him coming in because he had already been passed and was back in fifth place before that caution came out. And here's Bodine finally getting back to the pits. Well, he may or may not be able to change those right side tires. They have to lift the car up to get the jack under it. And as the pace car gets into the front straightaway, the right side tires going on to Bodine's car. They're not even putting gas in it. Wipe of the windshield, but here comes the pace car. Check on the stop sign. He gets away. Bodine gets out ahead of the pace car, so he'll He'll try to stay on the lead lap here at North Wilkesboro Speedway and have a chance to run for victory. They're going green this time around as Bodine comes up to full speed in the middle of the back straightaway. Neil Bonnet and the rest of the teams decide to stay out there, not come back in. And as well as Bonnet has been running here, Ned, I don't blame him. No, that car's really been working well all day long, Barney, and uh, apparently he didn't feel that he needed to. Had he come in, you can rest assured that Ricky Rudd would have come in. I don't know about Waltrip. That would have been an interesting situation. But when Neil stayed out there, that sort of forced the others to stay out there, I guess. We're set to go green. It's Bonnet right behind him, Rudd, then Waltrip, then Allison looking for the restart here in Wilkesboro. Pace car gets behind that pit wall in a hurry, and again, Bonnet has come off that corner and pulled whoever's running second by three and four car lengths before we get to turn number one. That's how strong that machine is here this afternoon. He's ahead of Ricky Rudd by about four car lengths, as this is down for the, all the marbles here this afternoon. They're back in three. The story to watch is Darrell Waltrip's efforts to get by Ricky Rudd, who's running in second at the same time as Rudd goes high through turn four. That's the opening Waltrip needed. Here comes Waltrip trying to make it a one-two finish for Junior Johnson. He's underneath Ricky Rudd out at turn number one. That's been the favored line all day long. Up out of two, Walter puts his foot down, and he's got second. So with Ricky Rudd unable to occupy the inside groove, Neil Bonnet has the lead. He's got five car lengths on his stable mate, Darrell Walter. Rudd is third. That's the order of four. We're handling is so critical here at North Wilkesboro, going in and out of these corners. If you can make that race car stick at the bottom of the racetrack, you can do things with it. That's been Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet's strong suit all day long. As the laps wind down, Neil Bonnet leads Darrell Waltrip by six car lengths, but it's far from being over. They're back in three. It's far from being over, although the deferential this lap to the previous one, Neil Bonnet has picked up just a bit over Waltrip. Barney, isn't there some kind of an event called the Bud Shootout? I reckon we're going to have one of those here? Shaping up for that if Waltrip can get up there, and he's cut it down to about three car lengths. They're off turn two. They come off the corner. They'll go past the Rusty Wallace car, the Alugard Pontiac that was slow in getting up to speed. Neil Bonnet goes by him, and Darrell Waltrip's to within three car lengths. Bobby Wallace, uh, Bobby Allison, rather, got an awful restart as he came down to the green flag. Both Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty each got under him and passed him, and Allison has followed to the back of this four-car battle. Bodine never did catch up with the leaders and get his rightful place in line. As after that late pit stop, they dropped the flag with Bodine about midway through the pack, and he's still trying to 
gain some ground. But Allison holds fourth and Bodine is fifth. Here's Neil Bond at the leader. Waltrip trying to catch him, and Waltrip can make up a little ground in the corners, but when they come off the turn, he just pulls away from it. Darrell shuts it down to about three car lengths again as they work out of turn two. Same story at this end of the speedway as Neil Bonnet comes uphill to turn three. Waltrip now again closes to within two and a half or three car lanes, but off the corner, Neil says so long. Ten laps to go for Neil Bonnet. Darrell Waltrip is indeed closing in. And trying to win yet again here at North Wilkesboro, but Junior Johnson not even watching his car. His eyes are up on turn four on the rest of the field. They're in the back stretch. The leaders coming up around some of the slower cars. They'll click past the double zero, moving up on the 23. Dick May driving the 23. He brought out the caution earlier. Rusty Wallace has slowed a bit on that restart. He's lost several positions here, but the battle they're watching will be for the win here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet looks in his rearview mirror, and Waltrip is there. One car link separate first and second as they work the middle of the back straightaway. They've got these North Carolina hills just shaking as the fans are watching. One car lane fits the 12, Neil Bonnet, the 11 car of Waltrip. A year ago in Richmond, Virginia, when this dream team was first formed, Neil Bonnet and Darrell Waltrip almost bounced off each other all day long. They've got nine laps left to do it here. Waltrip went into turn one on the outside of Bonnet, but he couldn't stay there. Couldn't make the move to the outside groove, and Neil Bonnet will hold the inside line, passing us here in three and four. Off the turn, still single file. Junior Johnson said not too long ago that if either one of these drivers ever give an inch, he'll fire them both, and they're not giving anything here this afternoon. They are door-to-door. -door. Waltrip down to the inside of Neil Bonnet. That's the way they come off the corner in two. If there's anybody of the 28,500 sitting down, I can't see him. Waltrip looking to the high side of Neil Bonnet in three and four. That's not the way through this end. Now he'll try him to the inside. Off turn four once again. Waltrip can't get the jump. They're three wide up in turn four as Bodine Elliott and Terry Labonte go at it. Six laps to go as the lead cars hit the backstretch. Neil Bonnet and Waltrip both off the low groove. They slide up to the middle of the back straightaway the same way. They'll come up on the J.D. McDuffie car, which has the inside groove occupied, so nobody makes a move. That's the way they come off the turn. Waltrip is still there, and he's putting all the heat he can on Neil Bonnet, and Neil Bonnet is giving it right back. Door to door, they go into turn number two. Waltrip's going to try the outside. Bonnet pulls away, one car length. Waltrip thought he might get Neil Bonnet pinned in behind J.D. McDuffie. It didn't work, but the strategy was sound. Now through three and four, Waltrip taking a bit of a higher groove, but Neil will hold the low side off the corner. Neil keeps the car pinned way down, and it bogs a little coming off the corner. Four laps to go, and Waltrip got a good jump off the high groove off turn four and he is there alongside but Bonnet pulls out of the hole in turn two but as Neil slides up into the middle of the groove just a bit Waltrip thought he had an opening didn't coming through three and four again Dara looks to the high side tries to draw alongside he can't do it first time we've seen some emotion out of Junior Johnson three laps to go as they raced off turn number two and down the back straightaway Junior was squatting down looking between the tow truck to see what was going on between his two drivers Waltrip trying to get around Neil Bonnet. Can't get a run at him going back into turn three. And he couldn't make the move on the inside groove. Rusty Wallace was there. So Darrell will close again between three and four. Two laps to go. It is Bonnet on the inside. Waltrip tried to squeeze up high. Bonnet closed that door. Neil keeps the car down low. Darrell takes it hard into turn one, and he has the outside. This is what Winston Cup racing is about here as Neil Bonnet leads Waltrip. Just a half car length between the two. Dick May has the inside groove. No chance to make a pass in the corner. It's Bonnet ahead of Waltrip. They look for the white flag. They tagged a little bit that time coming into the turn. White flag as Neil Bonnet leads Darrell Waltrip back down into turn number one. Waltrip has a couple of more chances, either off two or off three and four. Let's see if he can do it. They come down the back straightaway. Still, Neil Bonnet holds the way. Eddie Sanger in the double zero is the car ahead of them. Neil's inside. Waltrip looking to the outside. 
Out of the number four corner, down to the line. Neil Bonnet is going to win. The Northwestern Bank 400, he'll beat Waltrip a two-car length. And for third spot, Ricky Rudd had passed Bobby Allison two laps ago. Allison got up on the outside of Rudd off turn number four and at the line beat him by a fender as those two cars clang together at the finish. What a finish here at North Wilkesboro. And perhaps by far the most exciting finish of the Winston Cup season in 1985 to date. There are the two Junior Johnson teams congratulating one another as the drivers did likewise side by side as they went down the back straightaway. We'll recap the finish when we come back. Back in the North Wilkesboro Speedway, let's go down and Ed Jarrett. Well, we're standing by with Darrell Waltrip. We put up an awfully challenge to Neil Bonnet right there at the end, but Darrell, those cars just seem to be almost equal. Well, that's the way they're supposed to be, and, uh, you know, Neil run good today, and he did a real good job and didn't get in no trouble, and uh, so they deserved to win, and we deserved to run second, and uh, that's what this game's all about. <laughs> Darrell, you had that problem earlier when smoke came up inside the car. It looked like it was going to be all over. Did you ever figure out what it was? No, I never did. Uh, the thing just blew up a big ball of smoke, and uh, I thought the engine was blowing up, and uh, so I slowed way down and pushed the clutch in, and I noticed it was still running. So I give it a little gas, and it seemed to want to go. I took back off, and everything was okay from then on, so I'm not real sure what happened. Well, boy, you had to play catch-up from there. You drove a whale of a race. Thank you, Ned. Uh, I'd just like to thank the good Lord for a safe race, and uh, congratulate Neil on them. They did a great job. Okay, that's Darrell Walter who finished his second. Neil Bonnet's in victory lane, and we'll be joining him there in just a few minutes. From the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. Well, we heard from Darrell Waltrip as he finishes second here, and his teammate pulls out his first win here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Let's go down to Victory Lane. Ned Jarrett's there. Well, Neil Bonnet has crawled out of the Budweiser Kentucky Fried Chicken Chevrolet. Pretty warm out there today, Neil, and the, hop the competition was pretty warm as well. It sure was, Ned. I, first before we ever start, I'd like to wish Butch Lindley and his family in Greenville, South Carolina, that Butch is coming along good today. and like to dedicate this victory to the Lindley family, family and uh, I'd like to thank Junior and Flossie and my whole team, the Budweiser, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Valvoline, they did one heck of a job with this race car. We had some troubles during the day and we overcame them and uh, of all things to look up and there said Daryl, I knew I had my hands full. Well, he did give you about all you wanted there at the end. Well, Ned, we, we were having a little bit of trouble. I couldn't keep the motor running and we couldn't get it cleared back out, but Anytime you look up and see Darrell, I knew I had my hands full. I had to go from offense to defense that last 10 laps, and Darrell's a heck of a competitor to try to hold back there. Was it vapor locking? Was that the problem that you were having? Ned, we don't know. Anytime the motor would fall under 7,000 RPM, it just cut off. So I had to ride around on a caution with it in, in first gear, turning 75, 8,000 RPM, and just had to keep the motor zinging all the time or go dead. Well, that's uh, caused some extra concentration when you have to think about all of those kind of things, plus all those uh, 25, 29 other automobiles out there. Well, by the time I'd get settled down and get me a good rhythm going, something had happened and it changed, but the car was so good today. Tim and Doug and David and Dennis, all the guys, but all the guys worked on the car, did a good job, and it makes my job a heck of a lot easier to have a car this good. Far cry from a year ago. Yeah, I tell you, a lot of work and a lot of dedication went into it and showing up on the racetrack, and I'm enjoying it. Okay, you can see why he's enjoying it right here in Victory Lane. Yeah, this, Ned, this one's a little different for Neil since his Winston Cup career started in 1974. It's his 15th win, but it's only his second win on a short track. He won one in 1977 and hasn't been to victory lane on a short track since. 
But he is there today in the Northwestern Bank 400 here at North Wilkesboro Speedway. A thrilling finish, not only up front, but also for the third spot where Bobby Allison just barely edged Ricky Rudd in perhaps the last 100 feet of racetrack. Mike, let me have you back here for just a moment. We've got two fellas squatted down here sort of back in the corner of Victor Lane. Tim Brewer, who's the team manager on the Budweiser Chevrolet number 12. First, uh, Tim, congratulations on a good run here today. Thank you very much, Ned. Uh, all the guys done a terrific job, both sides. Uh, you can't ask for anything better in North Wilkesboro. Both teams come home 1-2. Well, Junior Johnson here with him. That's the other fellow that I was talking about. Of course, he owns these two cars. Junior, Barney Hall pointed out that that's the first time that he'd seen any emotion out of you, that you were turning and watching the cars all the way around the racetrack. Normally, you just look up to fourth turn and see what happens there and let them go on around. Well, Ned, when both of your cars is hooked up together like that, you got to kind of watch after them because you never do know. You might lose them both at one time. Well, it certainly could happen, no question about that. And I'm sure that you wouldn't say that you had a favorite right there. That's true. Uh, you know, I just, I pull for both cars, and I hope they both do good, and we're going to give both cars 100%. And just, you know, if it turns out this way, well, you know, next time maybe it'll turn out the other way. So you just got to do the best job you can and hope the best man wins on that given day. And today's Neil's car seemed to be working a little bit better than Darrell's, and, and today was his day. Okay. Hall of Famer Junior Johnson. Very happy race team here at North Wilkesboro. Let's poll our MRN broadcasters for the Timex Timeliest Move of the Race Award here this afternoon. And first for a nomination, let's go to Eli Gold. Well, Barney, one of the thoughts I have today uh, in and amongst all the timely moves is that when Darrell Waltrip had that problem early in the event, uh, it might have been an instinctive move to either shut the engine down or certainly come on a pit road, which at that circumstance would have cost him a lap or two. In light of his uh, cool-headedness to stay out there, keep on trucking and what obviously turned out to be a fine finish for him today I'll cast a nomination in Darrell Waltrip's direction Ned well that certainly is a good nomination and uh, good consideration Neil Bonnet certainly deserves the same kind of consideration because as he told us just a few minutes ago he had to keep that engine revved up a few times it did quit they had to push it off and he had a hard time keeping it uh, going and certainly those were timely moves then you look at Jeff Bodine right there at the end of the race where he managed to stay in the lead lap uh, after blowing a tire up there and uh, he stopped up on the fourth turn got the car righted again and headed on around and stayed in the lead lap for a good finish you can just go on and on with various types of my timely moves. Richard Petty getting out of the STP Pontiac rather than staying out there jeopardizing himself or anybody else. So my nomination is going to go to Richard Petty for getting out of that STP Pontiac before he uh, caused some problems for himself or for somebody else. I've got to go with Bobby Allison. I have two laps to go, and Ricky Rudd passes Allison for third spot. And Bobby sits back there, and he picked perhaps the only moment and the only spot on the racetrack where it would do any good. And that was coming off turn four right to the checkered flag. He squeezed between Rudd and the wall, and it got him third spot by two feet. And uh, that's about as timely a move as you can have when you're facing the checkered flag. As far as I'm concerned, I'll, I'll give my uh, nomination to Bobby. Well, I guess I'll have to cast the deciding vote here this afternoon, so I'll do it. And I'm, I'm definitely going to go with Darrell Waltrip because any time there's much smoke has came up in the cockpit of that car, he ran around here two laps, and the cockpit completely filled with smoke, not knowing what was wrong, even though the car was still kind of running. He could have easily have ducked onto pit road and lost a lap and never come back and would have had a finish being a lap off the pace all afternoon. To, and to kind of keep keep his wits about him, although as Ned pointed out a moment ago, there's a half a dozen drivers in the field that make timely moves, but that one stands out most in my mind, and I'll cast the vote for Darrell Waltrip, so he'll receive $500 from the Timex folks. Another $500 bill and a sample of goodies headache powders have been voted by the folks in the press box to Jeff Bodine, the driver of the 
Levi Garrett, Northwestern Security Life Insurance Chevrolet, and they had a lot of all the Northwestern folks were heard here today uh, in their hometown, North Wilkesboro, to watch Bodine run and for the problems he had at the end of the race that denied him a chance to race for the win. He'll get $500 and a sample from the goodies folks to help him cure that headache. Take a quick look at the finish here as we have it. Neil Bonnet, the winner. Darrell Waltrip, second. Bobby Allison, third. Ricky Rudd, fourth. Fifth, Jeff Bodine. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Seventh is Terry Labonte. Eighth today is Dale Earnhardt. In ninth is Lake Speed. Finishing tenth is Harry Gant. Eleventh is Tim Richmond. Twelfth is Kyle Petty. Thirteenth is Ron Bouchard. And fourteenth is Ken Schrader. That's as far back as we can take you right now. Fifteenth will be Phil Parsons. Sixteenth will be Dave Marcus. And that's what we have for the finish thus far is the first 16 positions. Well, of course, next week we'll be moving up to Clay Earls, this beautiful half-mile track up in Martinsville, Virginia, for the same kind of fender-banging action and excitement that you see on short tracks all over the country. That's one of the prettiest facilities in the nation, and some of the best short track racing will be going on up there. And as well as Kyle Petty ran here in qualifying and in the race today, just had some bad luck. He's looking ahead to Martinsville already next week. That's the Wood Brothers' home track just up the road from Clay Earls' beautiful Martinsville Speedway, and Kyle told us he's already looking forward to going up there I don't know it's uh you know I'd really like to do good there you know they they've always run fairly good there they've never really won that many races there but uh, Neil always ran good there and Pearson ran good there for him and Baker had a good run there last year for him so you know the car is capable of running good there that's been one of my favorite tracks I kind of like the racetrack I'm not really hadn't really been that hard on brakes and wore out a lot of brakes and end up having some decent finishes up there. So uh, we're looking forward to going there and uh, hopefully having a shot at winning that race. Martinsville has been one of the tracks for some reason over the years that has produced first-time winners. Jeff Bodine won his first race there. Of course, Morgan Shepard did. Harry Gant won his face first race there. Kyle Petty might just do it next week. It'll be quite a show. And, of course, the ticket office will be open all week up at Martinsville. You'll see the Modifieds in action there on Saturday, the day before the Sovereign Bank 500. And we'll see you there on Motor Racing Network next Sunday if you can't be at Martinsville to join us. And, of course, two weeks from today, we'll be at Talladega, Alabama, to bring you the Winston 500. Our thanks to Martha Mew and Louise Frazier on the scoring loop today that gave us those rundowns so we can help take you back through the field and let you know how your favorite driver is doing all day long. For Eli Gold, Ned Jarrett, and Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Neil Bonnet on his win in the Northwestern Bank 400. The Motor Racing Network's coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series from the North Wilkesboro Speedway has been sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer, Head for the Mountains of Bush, by STP Corporation. Depend on proven performance. STP, your car care company. By Piedmont Airlines, the up-and-coming airlines. By Skoll, moist, smokeless tobacco. A pinch is all it takes. By Pontiac. At Pontiac, we build excitement. By Wrangler brand, live it to the limit in Wrangler. By Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco, time after time, the quality comes through. By Timex Watches, the official timekeeper of NASCAR. By Union Oil Company, the winning spirit rides with you every time. And by Ocean's 11 Resorts on beautiful Daytona Beach. The general manager of the Motor Racing Network is John McMullen. Chief Engineer Brian Cooper. Director of Affiliates, Mark Garrow. Assistants, Bobby Cantor, Pat Hensley, and Carol Wright. This is Rick Lewis asking you to stay tuned to most of these stations for the Sovereign Bank 500 from the Martinsville Speedway next Sunday at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. 
and brought to you by Hercules Tires right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault. 